My name's Sarah. Um, I am the original tit and you are listening to the Engage podcast. Incoming transmission. Hello, welcome to this edition of the Engage podcast. I'm Simon. I'm, I'm Jamie. Oh. <laughs> well, one of you choose who's going when. <laughs> that was always going to happen, wasn't it? I thought I just said me, Simon, Jane. Oh, yeah. <laughs> just, we do that again or just carry on as if nothing happened. <laughs> Okay, I'll, re- I'll redo it then. That always, that always happens. That always happens. We Phil. always forget to, to work that bit out, don't we? Well, I, I thought I just said it. I thought Phil, I just Phil, said it. you go first and then I'll say me. Then yeah. I'll go, okay, right, right okay. <clears throat> we, we, that's one thing we forget to work out, isn't it? We get <laughs> into it and then go, just, I did oh, actually yeah. just say. I did actually just, anyway, moving on. Hello, welcome to this edition of Engage Podcast. I'm Simon. I'm Phil. I'm Jamie. And this week we're doing a season review of season one of Next Gen. And obviously we have a very special guest with us. Uh, as it is Sarah, the original tech from the Trekkie Girls. Hello. Hi. Hello. Hello. Thank you for having me. You're very welcome. So for those who don't know, why do they call you a tit? Because I am the original Trekkie in training. Ah. Which is conveniently um, shortened to tit. <laughs> and would you just like to enlighten everyone with what you call your uh, followers on Twitter? My little titties. <laughs> so you have more than one little titty? You have thousands of little titties? I have I have a couple of hundred little titties. Which is Brilliant. why I call her Slowly naughty tit. Yeah. Naughty tit. Yeah. Isn't it? Yes. <laughs> exactly why do I feel why. like I've stepped into a carry-on film? <laughs> Yes. Because you have. <laughs> oh, good, good. But good. it's the reason you're on is because you were live tweeting the first time watching season one, haven't you? Because you finished that a few weeks ago, didn't you? I have, yeah. I'm into season two now, so yes. And it's just like Phil was just finished watching season one as well. So it worked out quite well that we had two fans that have seen it, God knows how many times, and two fans that have seen it for the first time. So you get a nice variation in opinion and thoughts about it i don't know yeah yeah uh, yeah i mean yeah. It, it's i think it's i think for me it's even even though me and si have watched it loads of times before even even us watching it through again it's been quite a revelation hasn't it si? mm. so uh, you look, pick up a little things you've missed out before yeah and yeah. obviously it is 26 episodes so it's going to be a very long episode so i'd recommend listening to it in sections uh, or with big pop big pop popcorn yeah, yeah. Lots of popcorn. Yeah. Well, yeah, quite a few. I think probably a gallon of it, but yeah, whatever. whatever. I think <laughs> well, strong. Then, yeah, I'll, I'll, then I'd recommend either coffee or Red Bull then. Yeah, possibly <laughs> a good idea. <laughs> no, vent- again, this is where we always venture into the alternate podcast, where it's kind of, why don't we just, it, you know, welcome to the tea podcast or something like that, isn't it? Like we always do. Well, oddly enough, Red Shirt has her own tea, and that got mentioned. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah, we'll just go back. Oh god. Yeah, Jamie's memory of a sieve. But they asked us about it, remember? In the episode. Yeah, I know they did. Yeah. I was just listening here, that was all. I, I wasn't I didn't I didn't forget. <laughs> <laughs> My memory's not that bad. Fair it enough. It is in some things, but <laughs> But as you may have known, my granddad passed away because uh, we're recording this on the 22nd of February, my granddad passed away on the 
of Valentine's Day. So I haven't really been with it lately. Mm-hmm. So it's a lovely tribute to a, a man who's had a lot of love in his life, to be fair. So as Phil says, I'm, I will, I'd quite like to dedicate this episode to my granddad, Eric, who passed away recently, obviously. Aww. It's a tribute, although he, he would never have a clue what on earth it is, but hey. <laughs> no, but still, it's, it's lovely. But it's sort of like, my own... My own it's your, it's your homage to him. To him. Yeah. It's a lovely thought. It is. And I say, it makes it made watching one particular episode quite interesting and a, a little bit upsetting, but we'll get to that later. So oh, yeah, yeah. It meant oh, I had, of I had quite no, an interesting... Which one that is? Fun, Sarah? No guesses as to which one that is. <laughs> no, I was just going to say, yeah, you... Yeah, but it made, quite, made it quite interesting, that's hmm. what I say for it, so yeah. I think again, it's, it's putting that whole emphasizing emphasis on Star Trek to everything else. So, yeah, I say it's a good. I think it's, but I wanted to put that out the way first to kind of acknowledge it that you know there's a big impact on my life, and I wanted to put something for it. No, it's good. It's good. It's really nice. It's a nice way to remember him. So, let's do him proud. Yeah. Um. Should we get going then? Yeah, let's get into it. Let's get into it. So obviously it all started off with uh, Encounter encounter at Farpoint back then. Mm. Uh, So as they will will do a brief introduction of what it was, quick summary. So who feels like doing this one? Not me. I don't mind doing it. It's pilot, a two-parter. A very good episode, actually. In in long and short of it, it's some big, weird jellyfish thing that is being (laughs) controlled. Um, and you get to see Ensign Babyface. Riker, yes. Yeah. And you you get Q for the first time as well, turning up and actually testing humanity. Uh, you know, Picard has to sort of prove that humans are not savages anymore. And it's, it. I mean, for me, I, this is, I'm actually going to just jump in straight away and say this is actually one of my contenders for favourite episode of the season. Oh, really? It's straight it's a bit early yeah. on, isn't it? Wow. Yeah, straight away. Well, I have uh, got to admit that it ha- it does have a good introdu- introduction to the ship and mm. to all the characters, as it does it quite a good way. Yeah. And is it I because th- everybody has their own little? They get their point own. Where they, yeah. they get them moment, don't they? You get to see all, yeah. all the ship. They even do the source of separation, so you see that. That looks really cool. <laughs> I suppose you're yeah, missing able to out. See the new ship. You also see Q. Mm-hmm. A big part of um, next gen, so it's a quite a good episode in terms of dealing with its introduction in the first place. I I felt you do have a bit of Mina Sirtis brilliant acting though. Mm, uh, not sure. <laughs> no, <laughs> oh, but, uh, oh, uh, oh, oh no. Uh, but Phil, oh, that again, that's a good introduction to her abilities. Yeah, I yeah, mean, true. There's, true. there's well established, as I said, diverse characters. I mean, you've got. Loads of things are just set up, like, for example, Picard being uncomfortable around children as a prime example. That comes up. Picard, eh? <laughs> yeah, Picard. <laughs> that comes up constantly throughout the series. And, you know, obviously Riker and Troy's relationship as well, that again comes up. It, it just sets the foundation really, really nicely. And, as I said, there's some wonderful themes in there. So I think, like, for example, Picard is sort of like the embodiment of all the good traits of humanity. So yeah, that, that hits the round running. Initially, you you see that straight away. Yeah. Sarah, you, we... you learn who's in charge. You know who's the boss. 
Sarah, what what did you make of this episode? All very good points that you make. Um, <laughs> there's a lot to take in, I think, in the first episode. Mm. Um, they throw an awful lot at you. I know it's a, a sort of a double-barreled, you know, a two-episode pilot, but there's a lot to take in. A lot is thrown at you, I think. Um, really liked it. I did really like it. I thought it was a good... A you, good you've got stuff. a particular favourite from this episode, haven't you? Me? You, you really love the space jellyfish, don't you? I love the giant uh, space jellyfish. They're my favourite part. Oh. Like, I can't believe that they never actually come back. Mm. I'm quite upset about this. You know, I think there was a lot more of, you know, to be learnt about the giant space jellyfish, actually. Yeah. <laughs> That's just a little bugbear of mine. Um, no, yeah, no, I, I, really, I, did, I did really like it. Um, I imagine back in the day when it, when it premiered, I think possibly people didn't know what hit them. Mm. You know, it's quite, it's quite heavy going. There's a lot to take in, as I said. So, yeah. I, I found though it gained momentum as episode goes on, though. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. what I found, and it's it's just quite enjoyable. But I didn't find that the queue and the space jellyfish plots didn't quite work together. But that's possibly due to their birth because. Gene Rossbury got asked to extend it from an hour to two hour pilot. Uh, so oh, Q was added on later. Which oh, is partly God. why I think it sort of doesn't quite work. Yeah. I no, did wonder why they was kind of like pushed in right at the end. I know there's the whole plot, but the fact that this whole building was a jellyfish. It's a bit, okay. You sort of you got the feel it sort of was dragged out for a sort of bit too long before did, the reveal. It did feel a bit random, I have to admit. All of a sudden there were yeah. giant space jellyfish. It did as much as I love them, it was a bit random, a bit of a it's random like, way to end it. It's like the ending of um the uh, golden skull, was it Indiana Jones? Oh, it's aliens. Whoa. Oh, that was just a, I really loved that film up to that point. It was just like what? <laughs> What on earth? Probably gonna hate me for this. You know, let's no go. Let's no go. Sci-fi, sci-fi. The that end. that film shouldn't have been made. Mm, yeah. yeah. Tangent, tangent, tangent. Back tangent. to the back, back to the acting though. The acting was quite stiff. I think for a few of the characters. <laughs> I think the word is wood. Everybody <laughs> was finding their feet, learning their character. They probably only just met a lot of the people as well. Yeah, it there was no rhythm. There was no connection. And I think because you were learning the characters as well, there's no background. So, for example, yeah, when Geordie and Data get together, I you thought... know the background between them two. You know that they've always got that. But initially, you were like, oh, there's a robot. Or you actually initially go, there's a weird pale face guy. And there's that guy. Oh, okay. Yeah. Fair enough. I thought I thought um, Jonathan Frakes was actually quite good, quite natural from the very beginning. I thought his acting was quite good. Yeah. And Brent Spiner just nailed it. From yeah, the straight away. But those two were just brilliant from the beginning. Um, but I think even I think even Patrick Stewart was a bit stiff and a bit wooden, and perhaps that comes from his background in in sort of Shakespearean theatre. He was very serious during season one. He, yeah. will, um... he, he lightens up a little bit. Mm. And I think, I think you know, they must have sort of thought, you know, we do actually want people to like this character. You <laughs> possibly need to just loosen it a little bit. 
And I think it comes down to the fact with Patrick Stewart with that whole case of, oh, yeah, I don't think this series is actually going to last and I'm not going to be here for long. So he's always sort of maybe on tenterhooks about that. So that might have sort of been a factor as well, possibly. Like you said, they're all finding their feet a little bit. It, yeah. must, it must be difficult. to. You've got to get to know your character and your castmates. So well, it must that's be the thing. I mean, yeah. No, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off at the end of that. I mean, Patrick Stewart, like, like going back to your earlier point that he's a Shakespearean actor, he's probably used to bouncing off other actors in a, in a big dramatic way, whereas this is a little bit sort of only dramatically sort of, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. He would have been used to acting probably with actors of the same calibre as him, you know, even though he was relatively young at the time, whereas possibly, you know, the rest of them, this might have been their first big acting job or... You know they're they're going to be at different stages in their careers, so yeah, it's going to be hard. But it was a bit, you know, you know, a little bit stilted in places. But as I say, I think I think Jonathan Frakes and Brent Spiner nailed it from the beginning, and actually Will Wheaton as well. Mm. As, much, as, as, as annoying as he <laughs> is, despite his uh, season one jumpers as well, yes. That was the highlight just... for me. The fashion of season one. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. I have to say though, I just—he's just one of those characters I just—I don't like. I just—he just annoys me. And well, Phil, point of, yeah, he? yeah. Well, oh, Phil, I like it. I, I'm, I'm liking him more and more because he turns up more. Phil, that would be good for you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't stand the whole Wesley seems to save the day in every other episode. Wesley's the only one that knows yeah. how to do this thing on the ship. Like, really I'm going to bring that up numerously. Yeah, I, th- I think it's you need it. I think again, he was meant to be the inspiration for all the children watching it, which I don't think is a bad thing. No, it is. No, no. But I, I must admit, I found a couple of times when I was watching him, Wesley. Oh, there's Wesley again, saving us. Like, oh, again. Yeah, you know? it's a little bit, you know. Too much, but no. It, I mean, I, I, I never. I, I've always liked Wesley. I never had a problem with him, and I think he gets some actually quite good character development in season one. Actually. Can I mm-hmm. point out though? I watched this one. This is the only episode I watched in HD, so I had a bit of a better view at stuff. And uh, I, I, like we said before, I'm not sure it adds anything, but it was quite nice to watch it in that way. Yeah, um, yeah I agree. And I think, like we said earlier, right at the beginning of it was that you see development of Starfleet since original series. Mm. Because you see that Starfleet's more about um, exploration than what it was before. Because they don't just destroy the space jellyfish because they don't know what it is. They try and work it out before doing whatever. They have a happy ending, which is nice. Yeah, it's kind of also... um, Sorry, Jamie, go on. I was just saying, it just ties into sort of what the actual, the sort of the, the three M's of what the episodes are sort of about. Humans themselves seeing how, how much progress they made and sort of the cues sort of testing them, you know, evaluating them. And the fact is, what I like, what Picard says is even during our time now, you know, these days, you know, even during sort of wartime and that rapid progress was being made. So even with this horrible stuff, you know, rapid progress has actually been, was actually made back in our time. So, do you, do you also think it's because of Q's character that you instantly start to love or be on the side of the characters that you see, even though you don't know who they are, but you instantly side with them because of what Q's doing? Do you see, yeah. Does that make any sense? Yeah. So, yeah. although he was a secondary thing and he wasn't meant to be in there, or he put in, got he put in there last, the fact that you hate him so much makes yeah. you love the characters more. 
yeah. so yeah 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 he's a bit of an odd character i think i think i misunderstood him having some sort of awareness of who he is I, I misunderstood him a little bit i thought i thought he was like this kind of greater good god type being but he's kind of just playing a big game yeah so he's actually no better than what he's accusing humanity of but yeah. you does grow over the series though and you, you'll discover that and you'll go yeah yeah. Okay, I can see that now. I can see yeah. what you've all been saying, but you just haven't got to that point yet. You're no, seeing the yeah. kind of. I just misinterpreted him a little bit. I said, underneath all that sort of playfulness, oh, I'm playing a big guy, that Q's got a genuine curiosity and fascination with humanity, particularly Picard. So, yeah. you know, that, that comes out more uh, in the later seasons when Q turns up. Yeah. So. But... Can I just say, sorry, I really liked the addition of DeForest Kelly as well. Yeah, I, I did really... find that a bit... It was nice to see, but it was a bit of a filler scene, I found. Really? Yeah. It, 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 I'm sorry it to say, but... Oh, that's okay, no. Because it was kind of... You just sit there going, what was he actually doing while all of this was going on? <laughs> what, having a nap? What, what was he doing? Well, at the, at the age he is in, I can't, I can't, I think it was what 160 something. He was probably having a nap. Yeah, I mean, you're gonna, you're gonna be napping probably quite a lot. Yeah, I just thought it was quite nice because I think it might have been quite a shock to people that had watched the original series and liked it. It must have been quite different for them. They'd taken it in a in a bit of a different direction, so perhaps it was just a nod to say, look, you know, we're not going to completely forget. Yeah. The original series. Here's DeForest Kelly. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, you know, I could, I could sort of see the, I could sort of see the logic in that. To... Which I think yeah. what you're getting at is it's, it was them passing the baton on. Yeah, yeah. almost That's giving their they... approval, really. I think maybe. Because from going on from what Jane was saying about his message, my message that I got and sort of have taken from Mission Log is um, treat others how you'd like to be treated. Yeah. Because I think that's an overall message because it kind of comes from space jellyfish not being treated right. Sort of us not treating the people from the planet right either. And Q not treating us right. Yeah. So yeah. it's a kind yeah. of thing of that. And so I thought that was quite interesting. So it's a lot of messages in season one that, you, you know, I say, like James said, you, we hadn't picked up earlier. And we sat there going, oh, my God, it's full of stuff. Mm. Yeah, when you I suppose when you actually watch it back again and, and you're probably looking between the lines and things like that. There are there's a lot of that in season one though. A lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, just, and just... drug messages and There is yeah, I mean and, and and that's the reason I said part of the reason why this is actually one of my favourite contenders because I said there's so much going on, so much is introduced and I said the, the the really interesting messages and they and I think they come across really well as two, you know, they're not they don't get lost, they're actually they're they're really clear as well. Yeah. So it's possibly a big bang effect. Yeah. Get it going. You know. Yeah, and I said it leads on to other stuff as well. So that that those are sort of all the sort of reasons why for me it's uh, again it's a surprise. I thought myself as I was watching. I thought but actually, I think this is going to be one of my favourite contenders. So because this. Oh, oh, sorry, Jerry, you finish. No, I'm just saying because originally it's an episode I always enjoy, but not one I'd put as one of my favourites of the season. But now you would. No, I would, yes. Yeah, yeah. What, what I was going to say was, is there any final thoughts on it before we move on? Final thoughts. It was, it was is... a good way to start start oh. the series, I think. You know, it, mm. 
it was it was a good start, I think. I did. There was there was nothing there was nothing about the episode that I disliked at all. Uh, yeah, and so, I still stand by my earlier point that it made you. It made the, if anybody, if there was any doubt in the people not liking characters, the moment that Q turned up and started accusing them as a human to looking at humans, you instantly loved the characters because you were on their side. So yeah. that, was, that was a very clever, shrewd move, I think, for, yeah. for their point of view. Yeah. So, so I think overall, I think we'd enjoy it. But for at least three out of four of us, it's quite a good episode. But not, a not enough, yeah. No. Yeah, it's not quite enough yet. Only, only because there are others I like more. Yeah, yeah. yeah there's not to say <laughs> that it wasn't a good idea. I feel so lonely now. <laughs> lonely among us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a shame that wasn't the next episode. That would have been a lovely link. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, the next episode is the encounter of five point two. Uh, I mean, naked now. <laughs> yes. Um, can I just say that? This is actually one of my candidates. Oh, yep. really? Mm. Yeah, I, I, I had I'm a feeling. A I, had, I had a feeling this was going to be. I must have. I, I don't know why. I've always loved this episode. I don't know why. You introduce it then, Sire. You introduce it then. Uh, right, let's dig out the summary. Let's dig it all out. When the Enterprise becomes infected with a strange intoxicating virus, Dr. Crusher must race to find a cure before disaster strikes from an incoming setter fragment. So that's a that's the kind of PG way of putting it, I think. Can I just but, uh, say this is another Wesley Crusher? I've managed to do everything. I'm the best in the world, and I've I was saving the to world. To be fair, this is the first episode where he does save the day. It's yeah. part of the uh, the Wesley genius plotline, as I as I've called it. Yeah, and it's it, it does happen. You can't say so you can't just sort of pull away from it because it does it is in there. So I've sort of picked out where it does happen. It happens quite a lot, but I, I think it's quite cool because you need, in that situation, you need something to go wrong. Otherwise, you haven't got a situation to get out of. Because otherwise, yeah. it would have been, oh, um, well, that's going to blow up. Well, just get out of here then. Yeah. <laughs> then, you, then you don't have a plot. That's there that's the go. problem. That's the issue with it. It shows Wesley's uh, potential as well, I think. And it's it's quite a, I mean it just sort of um the messages it comes across the, the ideas of sort of childhood and responsibility which is what i got from it um, it's quite I, I didn't you didn't i just got <laughs> just say no to alcohol just say no to her well <laughs> i suppose really with, with responsibility it's that terms of not having too much alcohol and that we're all we're all like kids at some point because that's how they act but we all have to grow up and i just thought it was a really clever and subtle way of putting the message across it never preaches it to you it just actually just shows it to you yeah i think they do that as well in a later episode so i'll bring that up again mm. but I, I i jokingly said to jamie at one point as we've been discussing this I've got a very stupid thing I got from this episode, which I, I, I just want to tell you because I, I, I just I thought it was less. It just occurred to me as I was watching it. Twenty fourth century people can't hold their liquor. No. Juice is in the hole. This is no. like, the thing about it. If you don't have alcohol and you have alcohol, then you become a lightweight. Yeah. yeah. So you it's just going. Down. That's why they have it kind of locked in 10 forward, although you don't see 10 forward at this point. But it's sort of locked away, and it's kind of a special occasion-y thing. No, but it's like uh, they can't hold their liquor. You know, it would have been funny if Scotty was in that episode. Yeah. Well, we, we, like he was with Relics. 
Oh yeah, but it just says, uh, you know, getting, you know, I'm just getting drunk in this well, as well. Uh, it actually works quite well because we have got to point out this is a homage to the reference, um, the Naked Time from the original series. Yeah, yes, which is where the origins of this episode has come from. But I, I say I just love it because it's, it's just a clever, fun episode. It's just it doesn't yeah. take itself seriously. I know it's in the wrong place in the season, but. What can you it's do? It's a bit too early because I mean, it, it you, is. You, but... barely, you barely know who Tasha is, and you barely know who Data is yet. Those yeah, I know, I know, I know. It's like, like like that should happen after. It's like the age old thing: two people are supposed to get together, but they never do. Like for example, Picard and Crusher, they never get together. But, but in, in defence against in defence against what you're saying in terms of being too early, what what's actually an an advantage, I mean, at least how I saw it, was the fact that the cast are acting quite loose for the episode, so they go against what would eventually be established as their sort of traditional personalities by acting out of character, and I think it's quite a bold sort of move doing that early on. I thought it was an alright episode to have afters, because Encounter at Farpoint was quite heavy going. Yeah, it was quite a light-hearted episode. It it was almost quite a good way to follow on. Like anyone that was thinking, "Blimey, that's going to be one hell of a series to watch," I'm not too sure about it. You know, throw in the porn episode. You know, it's good. It's a a light-hearted relief. It's quite a different. You know, totally different take yeah. to the first episode, so that was good. I thought. Yes, yeah, it's, it's like it's sort of it's like a fluffy throwaway episode. Yes, yeah. yeah. There is a simple solution to it. Just watch it later in the season. <laughs> <laughs> Just don't watch it after it. Just move. Go on. Oh, well, maybe. Oh, maybe. Oh, yeah. You. That's, yeah. That's, an that's, alternative that's, timeline. Yeah, that's that's one of the ideas I was gonna. I was thinking of doing at some point, just kind of maybe on the blow of just kind of coming up with an alternate order to watch season one in, mm. because you do find that you sit there going, oh, now then, oh, I wouldn't have that then. I'd put that there. I'd roughly put that there. But mm. I, I say, as I said that, you kind of look down at what's next and you go, would I really want that as the and I put this in speech marks, the second episode, and you go, uh, n- no. <laughs> yeah. So it's got its own problems, but yeah, it's essay. If you've got a problem with that, watch it at a different point in the season. Yeah, I mean, I, I think overall for me, this, this episode, I think, is actually, you know, I, I wasn't as keen on it before, but watching through it again, I actually quite enjoy it. I mean, I don't think it's, I don't think it's anything absolutely amazing, but it's one, it's in, it's enjoyable to watch. As I said, there's that nice little reference to a naked time. It's not, it's not copying it. It's actually, it's like a nice homage to it. It's, and it references it as well. I have just always enjoyed this episode. That's the, that's the sole reason why I, it's one of my candidates because I've always loved it. I don't, I don't know why. It's just one of those ones where you go. Well, I love that episode. You go. I don't, I don't think it's one of my. I don't think it would be my favourite. But the, the the bit with Data and Tasha, you know, that sticks out. That Everyone is, likes that scene. Everyone does. <laughs> that was just brilliant, and it. You know, I'm I'm just into season two now, and it's kind of referenced. Image of a man. That's it, yeah. and it and it. You know, it is one of the standout points of season one. Although I wouldn't say the episode is my favourite, but you know that is. You'll watch it again because yeah, of that. Yeah, it is brilliant, and it you know it's a shame that sort of not more was made of it. But you know, I, 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 that bit stands out definitely. If you do not prick me, do I not leak? <laughs> <laughs> it's a bit yeah. random. 
<laughs> Appropriate though. What about you, Phil? Then, what, what, what did you think over um, the I've I, I loved the episode for the develop, character development of uh, Data, and to introduce a little bit more of Tasha's uh, feminine side, which very rarely comes out. Not that often. I agree with reference that. To. I'll agree with that. But yeah. The actual episode is a plot. Oh, just, just move the Enterprise slightly to the left. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> That's the problem. They couldn't because all the chips were I know. Were it was so just you... a little bit sort of... And they were all a bit too far-fetched. And I, I've got a vendetta against um, Wesley anyway. So for me... It, yeah, yeah. So That's it's, fair it's enough, Phil. I say that's what the whole episode's about. Everyone's got their own opinions. So it's... It, I, I say I, I completely understand your point of view, Phil. I did like the um, the dynamic between um, Riker and Data in this episode as well. They have like a bit of a bromance going on, which kind of doesn't doesn't carry on for very long. And I, I quite like the dynamic between those two. I think Data becomes more friends with Geordie and they have a dynamic of their own. Yeah. But Riker and Data kind of bounced off each other quite well in this episode. And I liked that as well. I hadn't, yeah. I hadn't thought about that, actually, yeah. But I think, yeah, I, think I, I was the champion for the bromance between Riker and Data. It should have continued. It worked it's well. <laughs> a missed opportunity. Doesn't yeah. that art, Phil? Doesn't that actually art back to one of your answers to one of our quizzes? I think one of the first ones we did. We're asking oh, what's favourite. What's me? What's um, what's Data's favourite? Who's favourite? Who's favourite best friend? And I think well, you yeah, answered I uh, Riker. It's about, yeah, I did actually answer Riker. So stuff, it sort of that fits reason. in quite well. Oh, yeah. Pro- pro- probably because me. when you asked me that question, I was working my way through the yeah, first that's, series that's of Nexus. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to get at, yeah. So, does that mean I get a point episode, back? It's, it's quite no? prominent in the first couple of episodes, and then it sort of dies off. <laughs> yeah. But it was particularly strong in this episode. It was like, you know, sort of Data was looking up to Riker, and he was teaching him things, and, you know, he was a bit of his wingman, really. It worked really well. <laughs> I'm sorry, Commander. It, it, George, George is my new buddy. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, you're but, out. <laughs> but I think for this one, I'm I'm definitely putting it up. But I don't think they say it's like the same last episode. You guys were right well, that, it, but not particularly no, through about it. You're you're lonely in this one, Si. Mm. Oh. It still won't. It still won't work. We've still got a few episodes of that. We can actually yeah. use that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so now someone's got to summarise the next one. <laughs> Good luck. Simon, uh, I think it's Jamie's turn. Oh, Code of Honour. Yes. <laughs> the episode. Uh, so, in this one, the crew encounter... Uh... The Gorins? Yeah, it's... Is it, yeah, um, just trying to... The, the Ligonians, I think it is. The Ligonian culture. We'll go culture. with that. We'll go with yeah, that. We go with that. They encounter to a Ligonian culture. They need um, a vaccine, urgently need a vaccine, which the Ligonians produce. Uh, but um, Lutan, the leader of the group, ends up kidnapping Tasha Yar, and she has to have a fight to death in order to get the vaccine. So It's a um, really, really stupid episode. I don't know why we even bothered talking about it. Well, can, it's a um, slightly can... sexist episode. Um, slightly racist as well, I think. It, yeah, can... yeah. Because I think Jamie will probably say mention me at some point. Because so I've found out something via mission logs, mission log, whatever you call it, that actually brings light on why it is how it is. 
the plot is if you take out the visual stuff, the plot is actually sound. If you yeah, just I, take I out all of that, that there's does... no problem with that. Mm. The mm. problem is bad direction because the first director got hired and then midway through got either fired or got or left and then oh. he hired all the actors and obviously they were all African. So he's the reason why it is and the second director had to just sort of go with it. Yeah, and it's oh. actually a nice link actually from what you're saying, Si, because um, Will Wheaton actually says that he actually said that if the tribe were not African-American, the episode would probably not actually be viewed as racist in that sense. So, you know, it's 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 quite interesting the fact that it, the episode has that sort of racist tone and feel to it due, purely due to production problems, quite possibly. Bad, bad luck, really. But that's yeah. that's why it is. But it's, it's again, it's by accident. It's not by... Well, yeah. It's, it's not how it was meant to be. No. That's the thing with it. But yes, it it is sexist, it is racist. But Am I right in saying that a couple of the actors as well were a bit disgruntled with it? They weren't like 100% happy yeah, uh, filming Pat- it as well. It was a bit... Yeah, I think Patrick Stewart and Brent Spine, I think they were. I think those two in particular weren't particularly happy with it. Uh, but as I said, it's, it's in a case of just you just have to sort of go with it and just do the best you can. Yeah. yeah. Um, so... It, um, again, this continuation of the Wesley Genius plotline because he was sitting in con and learning something. <laughs> oh, well, so I forgot cu- about that. That cu- turns up. Um, I found that it was 1950s sexism to women, as women are seen as weak and feeble and stupid. Yeah, because the idea of all you know, all they're good for is the land and property they own, wasn't it, or something? I think Lutan said or. Something like that, wasn't it? It was kind of the opposite to, like, I don't know, 60s England. I don't know, 60s America. And if I'm honest, I also found the plot just far too simplistic. There was no real mystery to it or substance or really anything. It was. It, I know it's, a lot of them are fairly straightforward, but there just wasn't really, you know, it was just literally spelled out for you. And I just found it to be a bit too simplistic. And I found that the alien culture was also sexist towards the federation for going seriously you've got a, f- a female security chief mm. so they say you could, we could come up with a list full of kind of things where you go uh, really but so i'm going to try and bring it back to something positive with it that with the fight to the death it's a bit of a homage to unmuck time yeah and i think actually it's one of the few actual times you actually see tasha actually using actually her skills in martial yeah. arts and actually their security chief. And I think that comes across quite well, actually. Because obviously she wasn't in it, obviously, for that long. And it's one of the few times you actually, you actually see her acting as security chief. Yeah, she wasn't, stupid she, she wasn't hugely convincing as sort of chief of security, really. In, at, yeah, <laughs> the, at points, at sometimes I was like... She oh. really didn't sort of <laughs> do it for me. But well, like, it's because she was having that stupid scorpion thing on her. It was. I mean, if you have a weapon, choose something a bit better than that. Well, <laughs> I also want to point out another sort of plus for the episode that I think the solution of actually getting the vaccine was quite clever. So, like, Luton's wife, Irene, is declared dead, and then they beam her up. So Luton gives it to him, but she's actually still alive, but she did die anyway. So it's sort of that sort of weird grey sort of, well, yeah, she actually did die. So the, the terms of the actual fight have actually been fulfilled. 
So Not breaking the Prime Directive, I think you're getting out there, aren't you? Putting simply, yeah, in a sort of way. They did break the Prime Directive, but in a sort of, you know, it's sort of a grey area way, if that makes sense. But I think overall, it's a, for me at least, the plot is sound. It was just unfortunate due to its birth and how yeah, it happened. Yeah. Yeah, it, it is a shame. I mean, I, but I think I think the episode is definitely worth a look at least once. Uh, yeah, I mean, in fairness, I am going to rewatch that episode because it's one of those ones where there was a bit too much going on, and I was still learning the characters, still trying to have empathy for them, and I think that's why you have to rewatch a lot of these. And mm. I mean, I've watched I like, for example, Operation of Annihilate. You know, I thought that was rubbish <laughs> until I rewatched it several times, and I can now understand it a bit more. But yeah, yeah. yeah. Sarah, you've... Well, yeah. Did you, because you've yeah. I think you're sort of agreeing with what I'm saying, aren't you? I think. Yeah, it just it doesn't really stick out to me <laughs> as one of those episodes or that anyone. I want to watch again. Really, I suppose. Would that be a good uh, way to move on? Yes. Yeah, because yeah? I think it's a bit of a low point for the season one. I'm afraid to say, Maybe but it's true. Onwards. Mm. Um, so yeah, it's that, who's that, gonna... that's that title. Sarah, do you want to? So are you on the last outpost now? Yes. So this yeah. confuses me because I've got the Star Trek companion in front of me, and that puts Haven next. Oh so, no, Haven they... like way down. Yeah, I know it's really weird, but looking at this, that aired first, which is bizarre. Uh, might be production order. Maybe, maybe, maybe. No, no. Yeah, that's right. It's always, oh, it's always so production the, order. That's the way. That's the that's the order they were produced in. Mm. Because oh, I say okay. that's why you get the problem with symbiosis and um, skin, skin of, of evil. evil. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. Oh, I yeah. get it. Right. Okay. So the last outpost. Um, this is when we first meet the Ferengi. Yep. Ferengi. Which is quite exciting. Um, um human. Um yes. human's one of them. I just want to point that out before anyone else can get in there. Sorry? I just want to point that out before anyone else got in there and said it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> so I just need to refresh my memory of this episode. So, yes. So the Enter- Enterprise is rendered powerless um, by an unknown and mysterious planet join a mission to repossess a stolen T9 energy converter from Ferengi culprits. Ooh, Ferengi. Ferengi. I thought the Ferengi were hilarious in this episode. <laughs> yeah, as I say, it's... Um, I do um, has sort of said wet cement of trying... of putting the Ferengi in that style. He's, he's always tried to, like, re, uh, give, like, give back to the Ferengi when he became Quark in DS9. Yeah. Because yeah, of what I, he did in this show. I, I this think, is also... Sorry, Jamie, go on. No, sorry, go on. I was going to say, this is also the, the supposed to be the first main threat to the Federation, but... And they it was really be didn't the, come across that way, did no, they? No. They, I mean, they came across as weird guys with whips. I mean, I mean yeah, <laughs> yeah, okay, I that's mean, not scary. B- before you actually see them, before the actual reveal of them on the actual Enterprise view screen... They're set up really quite well as a threat. It's like real suspense and tension. Like you see, like you have a, like a camera shot off the back of their ship, and it looks really menacing. At least that's that's how I viewed it. Yeah. So up until that point, that. 
up until that point, they actually did seem like a big credible threat. Oh yeah, the, their ship like is their ship's equal to our own in terms of like uh, you know power and all that sort of thing. But yeah, what, once it was revealed, they were just pretty pathetic, really. <laughs> In terms of they would just, they just, just constantly the way they were walking. Threat. I just kept on going, stop swaying, walk properly, please. <laughs> just, just kept shouting at the screen. They just weren't a really a, that credible threat. But you, you've got to credit the episode for the actual creation of them and their culture of greed and capitalism, which is obviously wonderfully expanded in DS9. Yeah, that, yeah, that, that that moved it on nicely. I think they, they kind of realised they screwed them up and then brought them back sort of better, so more more a fan. Everyone yeah. knows what a, a Ferengi is. I think that's what it is. Yeah. So, like, they're not fan favourite favourites, but, but they're, they're fan... But no. even even later in Next Gen, um, they, they became actually sort get, of... The... Yeah, they actually get their own identity. But this yeah. is a bit of a... That's, that's what I'm they're, talking they're about. I mean, in the, the later episode when they come in, they've toned it down a lot by the second episode that they come into it in, in The Next Generation. Yeah. They, they actually appear so civil. Laughable. Yeah, they're not quite mm. so laughable. I, I did... This... Sorry, Sarah. Go ahead. Is this the episode where Riker gets given all the power at the end? Nope. No. No. I've got the wrong episode. No. No. That's no. Skin of this evil, one, isn't it? I re- no. I remember this one losing me at the end. Last outpost when is the one on with the um, Portal and uh, the Ticon Empire. Yeah. Yeah. I actually the... quite like Portal. I thought it was quite a creep, creepy and mysterious. Actually, I found. You know. Literally appearing in his hair all in disarray. It's actually quite quite a creepy character, actually. Mm. I've, I've found so. parallels to um, Arena from the original series, with an omnipotent being intervening with when a fight occurs between humans and another alien species. Oh, it does, doesn't it? Oh, and yeah. I also found that um, it's like, in a way, it's sort of similar happens with Trouble with Tribbles. Where they send the box of Chinese finger puzzles to the Ferengi, like um, Scotty did when they sent the Tribbles to their Klingons in the, in that episode. Which brings us on to the very funny scene with Data in the Chinese finger puzzle. Oh, this is just hilarious. <laughs> Absolutely hilarious. He's so my favourite character. <laughs> it, it is, but I think for all of us, in in a way, if it, when I first was watching Next Gen, he was the first thing that actually, you know, actually became my initial immediate favourite and then I found out what happened to him in, in Nemesis and then I was I was devastated beyond belief <laughs> so <clears throat> I, I, well, one thing I did like in the episode is actually the clever use of the desk holo- hologram you know the Ticon Empire hologram yeah because that was I really, really enjoyed that it I always, I always thought that was really clever graphic that I used in that hmm it's something, yeah. it's something they use quite often in season one, and then never really use again. Went back to. Yeah, they they just used them um, like the monitors, didn't they? In in the observation now, it, it did happen that. occasionally, but it didn't happen enough for my liking. Like it happened in hmm. um, the Royale, so like when Picard's working on a problem, isn't it? I think. Yeah, it's that sort of thing. I love those sort of things where it happens, but it didn't happen enough for my liking. Hmm. But it's it's quite interesting, just kind of again, it's well, the way humans have learned, the way we've advanced with things is kind of oh, don't destroy them; they won't learn if they've if they've been killed. Yeah, but going against that, I, I think this is a first example of a couple of episodes where humans they come the crew come across a bit arrogant in terms of 
actually, you know, the idea is to sort of, I, I know it's, 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 it's a, and again, a good argument against this is the series is fine in its feet, but it comes across as, as though, you know, actually humans, you know, meant to respect all life and culture and knowledge them, but they sort of, they, they're sort of a, not very nice towards the Ferengi. Like, like Riker says, oh, yeah, we might have, when, when Data compares them to Yankee traders, Riker says, oh, we might have found some common ground with them. And Data goes, hardly, sir. I believe this analogy refers to the worst quality of capitalists. Mm, you know, yeah. I mean, I don't know how anyone else sort of maybe read that bit, but I just thought it came across as a bit, yeah, you know. With, a bit arrogant. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Tasha has one of the best lines in it when she says, "Try it, shorty." That makes me laugh. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but as I said, in 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 fairness against the argument, I said the series is still trying to find its own feet. So these initial sort of, you know, it, it's going to crop up, obviously. Isn't yeah, it? I, so... I, I I did find that in in the sort of beginning of this series, it, it it was all a bit juxtaposed. It wasn't, it didn't flow as well as I would have liked. Mm. It was a little bit. You had a good episode, a bad episode, and it was a little bit awkward, but. It gets better. Oh, it's... it does, yeah. And and, and, and and saying that, the episode does have some... I think The Last Outpost does have some really, really good messages in there as well. So, like, I like I like the fact that what Portal says... That Riker says to Portal, like, yeah, fear is the enemy, the only enemy. So mm. the only thing we've actually got to fear is fear itself, which is a, obviously a, a time-old sort of, of saying, but yeah. I yeah. think it fits really nicely. So no matter how... You know, due to the fact that humans have now come so far is the fact that we've progressed because we haven't let fear stand in that way. We've, you know, we've had, we've, we've been through so many adversities, yet we still keep fighting and coming back stronger. Again, going back to the, the encounter at Farpoint, when we try and explain to Q that we have moved on, yeah. we have changed. Yeah, again, it's still, I think, I think, I think the, I think the human race still comes across quite immature when in, in episodes like this, we have come a long way, but they, they still make us seem like we've got a way to go. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. I completely agree with that assessment. Yeah. That does come up in a, in a couple of later episodes as well. The idea that actually humans haven't quite reached their full potential. They're not quite mature enough yet. We've yeah. still got think, a way to go. Do you think maybe they've done that to, to counteract the fact that we are far more advanced so that the viewer can bring it back down to uh, like today, today, the day to day level. So there's that, is that reason why Star Trek hasn't aged? I just had a little bit of an epiphany there. Yes, quite possibly. <laughs> I, 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 <laughs> we, we, well, if you think about it, they've, they've, they've become advanced, but at every moment they're told that they're not compared to everyone else. So it's almost like a caveman has just discovered the will and we, we were, we're all really happy about it and we think we're the best and then someone coming up to them going, actually, you're nowhere near us. Does yeah. that make any sense? Uh, that actually works quite well if we move on to the next episode. That works <laughs> wonders for one of the messages of the next episode. Go on, Incise, since you're there, go on. If everyone's happy. Yeah, yeah. absolutely, yeah. Because yeah. Yeah. I, th- I feel like we've sort of dealt with the last outpost, and I think we've covered it really well. And I think, I say, we're really getting to the gist of what is actually at the heart of season one. I say there's a lot in it. Hmm. Um, yeah. Right, so next one up is Where No One Has Gone Before, which obviously arcs back to Where No Man Has Gone Before, of them going to outside of of the explored space. But I'll do a complete one. The Enterprise is ordered to participate in an engine test conducted by arrogant Kaczynski and his mysterious companion, the Traveller, but is soon stranded in a distant dimension where thoughts become reality. 
I say again, this is another one I want to. Um, I I want to put up as a candidate. Uh, I know I would second that as well. This is one I I'm also going to put up. Episode. I absolutely hate it. You hate this it, episode. Um, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it just annoys me. Centric. I I love it. I I really enjoy it. I do as well. I I've, I think there, there's so many. There's good so much things. in it. There's it's so a really things. important episode, isn't it? Particularly for Wesley, yeah, it is. Yeah, oh, so it's again, the... continuation of the genius storyline. First time you meet the Traveller, um, I thought there was amazing special effects with the warp test. Yep. Ah, uh, oh, sorry, I'm getting this episode confused. I, I thought for a moment it was that one where there was that imminent being that that, that Marina had certis, sorry, has a child. Sorry, for some moment I thought it was that That's episode. That's season sorry. two, Phil. <laughs> sorry, season, ignore me, that's... ignore me. No, oh, no, this is, this is the one. Yeah, I know. Sorry, this is the one where they travel. They travel like how many millions of years and uh, uh, millions of light years across the galaxy. Yeah. That's the one, Phil. Right. Sorry. No, I do love this episode. Sorry. <laughs> is it one of Phil, your contenders? Phil, get up, Phil. Get up, Trekcore, and get up there. Episode summaries, please. I've got. No, I've got it on Wikipedia. I've got it on Wikipedia, and I saw the image of the blue. Uh, start with. Um, there's an image of. Uh, a, Captain Picard looking out over a blue uh, a blue spance um, with a, with a little white light coming towards it, and for some reason in my brain it just clicked and just went, "Oh, it's that one." Feel logic for you guys. <laughs> so what? Okay. What... Um, sorry. Um, so what I was and I was also going to say that there's strong character development in this episode for like Picard, Wesley, Tasha, and Wolf. Yeah, because you get those um, you get those little hints when they're when they're when they're yeah. Well, reality, you get those little snippets about them, don't you? And can I just put, uh, can I just bring out the elephant in the room? And I've said this to Jamie already. Kaczynski, and this is what I have actually uh. got written down in my notes, is <laughs> douchebag and con man. I thank you. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there, there's so many things about it. Like Sai said, all the reasons sort of listed, and the fact that just... Kaczynski is just wonderfully arrogant and there's that real mystery to it. So like the traveller, you know, he, he travels around simply because he's curious. Mm, there's that... what, he doesn't know the definition of destination, which is a, an awesome reply to a simple question. He's just going, you know, in itself, that is an enigma. And that's the, the beauty of the traveller in his concepts. Yeah. And it, I think this episode perfectly captures the spirit of Star Trek in terms oh, of yeah, yeah. curiosity if get and inspiration. The, if you get onto the messages, that's that's wonders. Like yeah. I got from it, our thoughts have more consequences than we realise, you know, and also our our actions. You know, they actually mean more than than we think. And I also got from it, if we open our minds and fulfil our potential, we can achieve anything. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. Yeah. that runs through the whole series. So I'll bring it up later, and you sit there going, you know, if we again, this goes all like Jamie just said, if we take out all the war and everything like that, God knows what we'd be able to achieve. Yeah, it, it, you just sit there going, really? And it's like, you know, you guys will know this. One of my one of my sayings, one of my matches that I always bring up every now and then, anything is possible if you put your mind to it. Yeah. yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. And Although, to point out, this episode is another one of those ones where if you haven't quite liked a character, you're going to like them by the end of this episode because, of course, they're all grouping together because they hate the that that that, that man. You know, they absolutely Krasinski, hate him. Yeah. And, oh, can I just bring up, because obviously I spoke about the um, 
of the Wesley genius storyline. Mm. If I mention wait, wait, that, wait, 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 you've, you've, the Wesley genius Sorry, no, I'm, I'm just, because you were fumbling, don't worry. Sorry, okay. I've got to talk about the special music. Yes. <laughs> Sorry. You've got to, you've got to mention me. that. Remember when the traveller talks to, where, uh, like, chats to Wesley? There's a special mm. music in the background. Yeah, it's that, it's that, it's that realization. This is special. Yeah, yeah. Oh. I know the bit do, you mean now. Do, do, do. I, I actually really seriously oh. season one. I thought I thought the sort of soundtrack was really good in the background because you could always tell what sort of episode it was going to be yeah. by oh, the it's, way it's the music not the criticism, out. But it's kind of if you talk about it, you've really got to mention it fully, and I think you've really got to mention that music in there as well, just for kind yeah. of. And again, the music complements what the sort of what the episode's sort of all about, capturing that curiosity and exploration that we're all sort of going for. Yeah. Again, it's for the potential of what Wesley yeah. could do. Yeah. yeah. And like sort of, you know, what I sort of the messages I got from this episode myself was the fact that it's actually fought the basis of existence. So the notion of reality and sort of how we perceive it. It's all about, you know, knowledge and our belief and sort of our ability to accept realities that we deem to be impossible. So, like, when, when Picard sort of told or how far we've travelled, he goes, I can't accept that, even though the evidence is standing right there in front of him. Mm. It's, so. Again, it's just it encapsulates what Star Trek is. Mm. And if you think about all those messages in your subconscious, you just imagine how much of an impact it the, the franchise as a whole can have on you. Yeah, I mean, that's why I love it. It's, yeah, okay, it's, it's, it's simply yeah, and as I said, that's why it's one of my favourite ones as well. It's just it's it's done in such a way that it, it's almost got um like the 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 concepts of thought, time, and space. They're portrayed in almost like a magical, mysterious way, you know. It, and that said, that just goes further nicely into the development for Wesley. You know, the fact that he. He, he sees things in such a way that no one else can sort of almost comprehend. I actually thought they were going to bring him out to be some weirdo, like you know, like in a film when a, when no no you know when like in a film where a way kid to bring has us this... back down to earth with a bubble film. <laughs> no, but it's just you know how they they like sometimes in any film there's yeah. always that child like he's got powers, or he's yeah. something about him, and it's just like oh really okay fair enough. It's just another Wesley Love train. Well, what about what about you two? Does this does uh, you does this come up as a, a potential favourite? Well, I really I really like the episode. It's yeah, very well done. It it's very well clever. But I, I think there's others out there. It's one of those ones where it's nice as a link, and it's a very nice episode. It, it gives you a little bit more about the world because, of course, they can then go on and and see other parts of the galaxy. So it's one yeah. of those kind of all what we know about the world is small and reminders of that. So that's the reason I like it. Yeah. But I just think there's better ones. I really, really do. I think there's better ones. What about you, Sarah? Yeah, I, would, I agree. I, you know, I do like the episode. I think it was one of the first ones where it was a lot straighter to the point. There wasn't this sort of beating around the bush and, yeah. and separate storylines coming into one and getting a bit lost. It was, it was to the point and it was, it, it was, it was sort of succinct. It was really good. Um, I think possibly, I know that it's an important episode and like the traveler comes back later. So I think possibly 
watching it for the first time, you perhaps don't understand the significance of it. I no. think if I get later into TNG and then watch it again, I'll be like, oh, yeah, now I get it. But I did <laughs> like it. And I, I think this is where it, I think the first series started to find its feet. Yeah, it, it's... They stopped mucking about. Mm. They got on with the story. And I, I, I did like it. I don't think it's one of my, I don't, it's, I don't think it's my favourite, but I did enjoy it. And it was, it was much more structured in that sense. And I liked that because I think before that, I was getting a bit lost with the dual storylines and, you know, that didn't have this. And the yeah. Traveller, I, I like him. He's a really interesting character. Yeah, and it, it sort of the episodes just sort of stands out in a whole gem, as a whole generally because it's it's not you know a lot of these episodes sort of are very reminiscent obviously of the original series in one form or another because obviously it's it's still trying to find its feet. But I think this is like yeah. a, a good first example of actually well you know actually it's, we're going to establish an identity yeah. of our own here. It's almost like this was the point where they thought you know what we could make something of this and we need to start looking to the future. Yeah, and that's what yeah, they let's did. Put a few yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, good episode. Good. I, I have got to admit, you guys, you, Phil and Sarah, you are playing your cards very close to your chest. This is a good poker <laughs> faces. <laughs> That's what I admit. Right. No idea like. what episodes you're going to put up yeah. potential favourite contenders. Oh, I, I, I'm there, quite are, there are some. There are some. I'm and quite it's fascinated. Gonna yeah, he's going to confuse. But there is another 20 to go. My favourite one. Or, I know, hands down, my favourite. I think um, I think you're going to be surprised actually for mine, but I'm I'm like I say I'm keeping my cards close to my chest. Fair enough. It, they say it makes it in, more interesting for us. So before, um, can't wait. <laughs> before we go on to the next one, this is another episode where the directors were changed halfway through as well. What? When Which no one has what? gone before. Yes. Yes. Wow! Look at the newbie coming up with facts. <laughs> oh, see, I have Wikipedia up in front of me. Cheater. <laughs> <laughs> No, it was uh, it was uh, if if I get this if I've got this right, it was the Donald I, I can't uh, Petrie P E T R I E Petrie Petrie Donald Petrie. Um, he was originally assigned to be the director of the episode, but dropped out uh, as he was directing a film called Mystic Pizza. I don't know whether that actually worked out for him because I've never heard of that film. But yeah. oh, I've heard of Mystic Pizza. I don't think I've seen it, but I've heard of it. It's- and then and then Rob Bowman was brought in, who actually dev- who actually directed quite a few of the um, episodes. Oh, one more point I thought with this episode, I did I, a bit I did find weird was how that guy got permission to do what he did. <laughs> he just kind of came in and was like, "This is what we're doing," and it was like, you know, how did that actually happen? That seemed a little <laughs> bit far fetched to me. This guy's just completely buggered up the ship, you know, and how did he get permission to do that? Again, actually, no that, oddly enough, that's linking up to the the data episode. I know that's um, um, so the data episode to measure of a man. Yes, I was just thinking that. You know, you kind of think. Where do these guys? Where do these experts come is, from? Is the chief? You know, they all bow to Starfleet, but you, you do sort of think, hang on a minute, how can these people just come in and do these things? And I did find that a bit of a random thing at the beginning of that episode that he could just come in and do this to the ship and nobody kind of questioned it. It was all a bit yeah. odd. But you know. I, I think, I mean, Jane, we've discussed before, they're sort of outside consultants that come in. They're like outsourced. Yeah. I, I had an idea that it was just Starfleet's fine, uh, finest and brightest, that you know how politicians live in a different world for us? 
it's Starfleet's finest and brightest who are actually idiots who are controlling the cup. The cup. Yeah. That, makes <laughs> <sense. government. laughs> that goes to so there's a little homage to what our what we we live with now. It's and of uh, course we we find out later on that Starfleet can't be trusted anyway. So but we, yeah. I was about to say, don't trust admirals. No. Yep. Um, again, yep. we deal with that later as well while we're at it. Oh, it's a yeah. shame we have it that's not linking in very nicely to the next episode. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but we should we should bring that up in a minute. Uh, why don't we just cut and copy this to later on? <laughs> just change the order a little bit. <laughs> yeah, it will work perfectly. So, what's next then? Lonely Among Us. Right. Um, it's not an episode I'm particularly fond of. If I'm honest, I'm going to straight off the bat. It's got it's got some interesting ideas. You're going to introduce me, it then, Jamie. But for me, it's it, there's just too many too many unanswered questions. I, I like a bit of mystery, but for me, there's just too many unanswered questions. Jamie, yeah. Do you want to explain as, the... I will go back to it. Yeah. Um, bad pacing, but a reasonable episode is how I've summarised it. But effectively, is they're going to Pacifica to do a conference between two warring species. They go through a mysterious cloud, pick up a life form. It causes havoc for about half hour. Takes over Picard. He beams himself out. Magical solution. Then there's murder. Well, he, personally, I think the story or the actual story, the the, the moral's message and meanings for the episode is good. But it's just it needs to be written better or, or going better. So the idea of the episode was very good. I liked the idea of the episode. I just felt that it it, it didn't ha- it wasn't done it wasn't done for justice. If that it wasn't done, it was, you know what I'm trying to say. There was no direction. That's the problem with it. And I just don't get. Oh yeah, there's been a murder. Oh, welcome to Captain Back. Okay, well, we're yeah. not going to deal with that. Seriously. Yeah, just... And again, you know... sorry, carry on. That's all right, sir. You go ahead. Do you know, I, I, this, I've actually written, this was the first episode I actually really enjoyed. Oh, dear. Because, <laughs> I know, I'm being really controversial. No, it's good. It's good. This it is had, what we want. To, to me, it had just the right amounts of, like, it was quite funny in places. Yeah, I've got that noted Stop down numerously. Because you've got and, Dixon Hill, you've got Sherlock. Oh, yeah, yeah no, it yep. was, I mean, Data had some brilliant lines. That's where Indubitably comes from. And I just love that side of Data. Oh. Um, and that sets him up for later episodes. But, you know, it was kind of they were playing about with, you know, we're in space. We're going to show you some aliens. They were cool, you know. And the <laughs> ending is brilliant when Picard still speaks in the native tongue and, like, nails it at the end. That is that episode, right? Yes. Yes. Oh, I'm just making sure I got that one. I just, I don't know. I, I understand what no. you're saying. Maybe wait, I'm no, not wait. looking no. into it deep wait. enough. But, wait, wait, wait a minute. Wait, uh, native tongue? Are you? Are no, you're talking about the big goodbye. I was just going to say. Um, oh, sorry, I've, I've done the same as what she's done. Oh, I actually yeah, no, if, no, everything you were saying, Sarah, said to me, yeah, that's right, that's right, yeah. that's right, that's right. I'm confused, but no, I did. I have got written down that I really, I did, I did enjoy this episode. It was funny. I was like laughing out loud at bits mm. of it, and I hadn't had that experience before. So, not looking into it too deeply of deep meanings and things. I, I I actually quite liked it, but 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 going back to what you were actually saying, Si, about the murder at the end, again it brings on that notion of again the humans just sort of dismissing it, their culture, not really, um, you know, respecting them. Like there's that there's that bit. I think I think it's when when 
when the delegates beam on board, I think it's that bit, and I apologise if I'm wrong, when Yara says, oh, yeah, neither seem like promising Federation candidates, sir. Yeah, that does bring me up at a point of, where were they? Because obviously they don't like each other, and it's just like, oh, yeah, that'd be all right. Yeah, it's like, wouldn't you try and actually help mediate the dispute <laughs> instead of just judging them and leaving them to it? Because <laughs> you've got them both like hunting each other down on the low decks. It's like, yeah, we'll leave them to it. They seem to be getting on fine. They come across like bickering teenagers. That's how I sort of looked at it. You know? So you really, really like enjoyed it then? Later on, one of the season two episodes is quite a similar sort of story, isn't it? Mm. So but I, we I, did it. But I quite like the fact that, you know, it's this idea of, um, like, with, with this, this alien that inhabits Picard, it's sort of what happens when alien cultures interact in such a way that they can't directly communicate. So that's obviously why the life form obviously goes into Picard, part of it. But they have that merging of... It's not just a hostile force taking over, because it's not it actually in harmony. Like, it says, oh, actually, you know, we're in harmony, we, we fit together, and that's why, you know, they, they sort of beam out. But it's that case of, you know... I don't know. It 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 it, it does. It didn't come across for me particularly clearly. You know, I I did find though that it was quite clever if you think of it from Dalian's point of view. It trying to find the best way so that he could go back to its home. Yeah, that so, was a clever idea. That so was it, a clever it didn't idea. Have, it didn't get anywhere with Wolf. Didn't get anywhere with Beverly. Oh, let's try the captain. Oh, actually, let's kill one of the numerous. Um, engineers of season one while we're at it. Engineer, engineer <laughs> Singh, wasn't it? I think that was his name. Yeah, it just it's, it is a bit random how there was just engineer after engineer after an engineer. I never found that to make sense. <laughs> but what I did sort of, an epiphany I had with that episode was I sort of thought myself, well, the call for home for the creature is was something that we as humans can understand. So if you're traveling in space for such a long time or you're traveling somewhere, you want to you want to go home. And I just thought, is that in some way sort of linked to the harmony of merging between the creature and Picard? Because Picard, as you'll discover later on, Phil and Sarah, had a, had a sort of very difficult upbringing in a certain way. He didn't really get on with his father very well. And I just wondered... Or brother. Or brother. Yeah, his brother. Thank you, Sai. And I just wondered if, if that sort of in some way sort of maybe interlinks, maybe. I don't know. It was just something I just had a thought Something about. I haven't thought about, but it's plausible. But I say with this sort of thing, you can anticipate it in any way that you want. Yeah. But overall, as an episode, I mean, I, f- I found it watchable, but I it, and it did have some really interesting ideas, but it it just sort of didn't come clear, come across clear enough, and I just thought there was just too many unanswered questions. Yeah. Didn't it's... dislike it though. Didn't dislike it. Oh it was no, a good, no, it's not, a good not little at episode. All. You you would watch it again, definitely. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's yeah, yeah it's interesting. That's, yeah. that's yeah. a good way of summarising it. Uh, mm, but it just didn't seem to click with me. It didn't seem to. Now, and whilst we're on the topic, I, I I know it was back in the eighties, but I just I found the visual effects were particularly poor for that episode. Like if you compare it to where no one has gone before, the visual effects were a lot better in that one than this oh, one. I, I would have said the light beam was actually all right. It's a bit where Picard's on the bridge and he, and he touches oh, the console. Yeah, yeah. It's a bit too close. Okay, yeah, no. Yeah, I'll, I mean, I'll I, you, I, yeah. I just found that bit to be it just looked. Yeah, but that's just a small thing. Just <laughs> me liking that one then. <laughs> Are we ready to move on to Justice and Loincloth World? Loincloth World! Yeah. Oh. This is rubbish. Um, <laughs> no, again, good tactic. meanings in this. The meanings are good, but it's just. 
there's another way of doing it than uh, trying to attract the interest with eye candy. I think I think it's I think it's an interesting blend of sort of crime religion and a prime directive, but mm, yeah, but, it's, but yeah. The problem comes is in that is when the when the character's silly actions, are by character I mean Tasha Yar, I used to drive the story forward. She goes, oh yeah, the the laws are relatively simple here, but we don't check actually what the punishment is. <laughs> yeah, it's so it, it. I mean, I know you've got to have a way of driving the story forward, but. It was just, it's one of those it's, examples of Tasha Yar not being a very good security. Did you yeah. also see Riker's smirk as well? Oh. I love that when he when he come down and he, he come back up and said, they're very friendly. Yes, That's it's right. really good down here. <laughs> oh. Yeah, what have you been doing? <laughs> I actually love, I love the scene actually where, where the Edo greet them on the planet. So, so the, the, one of the Edo females hugs Wolf and he goes, nice planet. <laughs> <laughs> He's got no idea what to do, has he? Well, no, it's it's actually Will, this is actually a good bit. Um, actually, I have to commend Will Wheaton for actually is, as when when he's actually being hugged, he's that sort of teenage awkwardness of 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 sort of. Why you hug me? Yeah, no, it, it's that me. idea of, of of encountering the sort of idea of love and sex for the first time, and he, I think Will Wheaton plays that in a really good way. It's also a little bit um, still childish of him because it's sort of like somebody's hugging me. Is is this cool? Uh, is this is this is this you know is this hip enough for me? I don't know. You know what I mean? It's sort of that that look like oh um, I'm being hugged, but actually I'm I'm not enjoying it. But I'm going to pretend I am, sort of thing. <laughs> it's probably the first time you see him at his age. I would have thought. Yeah. You oh, know, yeah. you actually realise how young he is. He's only a boy when you put him in an episode yeah. like that. You know. Um, I couldn't stand this episode. I just, um, I oh. actually, I've got to give this one a lot of credit. There's a hell of a lot in this. A well, hell I of a lot. Stuff. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. Good example of the prime directive at work about non-interference. The yeah. Edo God is parallels to the God in the Apple, the way that that uh, that it looks after them. Mm. Uh, looks at like James said earlier. Looks at the God God's belief. Uh, which is quite similar to the Okumpa and the Caretaker or the Bajorans and the Prophets in the respective series. Yeah. Um, there's also question like it also deals with breaking our rules or their rules. Like they like it happens in Yeah, I suppose yeah, if you go it's going into somebody's home and you, you have to abide by what they what they say, no yeah. matter what. And it's quite a nice acknowledgement that, that the humans actually say, Well actually your laws the ego's laws actually may work better than theirs. It's not just a case of, oh, yeah, we're humans, our culture's better than you. They actually have that, actual, again, it's that respect coming through of actually, you know, your laws actually might work better for you, which I quite like as does. well. Yeah, yeah. I like, I like the way they actually handled it as well. Like, it, I mean, yeah. the, nice. way that, the way they took it out sort of to say at the end, look, there's always that point where you abide by their laws up until such point that you actually think enough's enough and it's gone too far. Well, and it also puts Picard in that interesting predicament of obviously the prior directive, which obviously is it comes up several times, but it's a case of doing what's best for his people, but also he's got to consider the egos and their God above as well. How is their God going to judge the humans' actions and what they do in respect to their laws and 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 the visit of their, the human laws? You know, we actually meet their God though. It's the station in orbit. It's the ship in orbit. Well, what you could describe as a ship. Yeah, but it just 
did you did you not think that they would that that would come up to them again and they would go oh that's not real do you know what i mean it was a little bit far fetched that none of them had really realized that their god was just a ship you know so it's it's like a kid playing with his toys if that makes any sense yeah 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 i mean i think with 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 some of these parallels as well what size been saying i think against that you could say that there's too many parallels between the original series it's, you know again there's you've got to put in there you're, yeah. what you're neglecting is the religion part of it I think that's I think that's a good actual thing. To, I think crime and religion. I think that's a quite interesting. That's the mix. thing. That's the crucial element of it, which is why mm. they're going, "Oh, you're a god," and they're, and we're going, uh, "Yeah, actually, they're aliens." That's like, it's the same thing that happens in um, DS Nine with Bajorans and the prophets. We're going, "Yeah, they they were more mm. aliens," and the the Bajorans are going, "Well, they're they're prophets." And the thing it's is, it's the like... same thing. It's. Mm. And I quite like, I, I come up with sort of ideas. Did the Edo gods pass down the presets that became their children's law? So the Edo's law, was that something that the, their god actually passed down or was it something they actually came from within themselves? That's a good point. That's a yeah. very good point. There's yeah. a, a awful lot in it once you get past the kind of, oh yeah, it's Loincloth world, but there's a hell of a lot in there. Yeah, actually, I'm going to have to rewatch this one. Yeah, I, was I just dismissed that. it. I think when you watch it for the first time, yeah, you don't really see all of the. Yeah, of course, yeah, and that's, that that's... sort of side of stuff. You just think, "Oh my god!" That's perfectly understandable. I mean, I, I, we, me and I mean, I, I, don't, I don't know about side, but I was initially the same when I first watched it. I found it just, yeah, just exactly as, as you as take you... it on face value. Yeah, yeah. you can't see that's past the problem the with it. Bad people. It's um, <laughs> it's prejudice, isn't it? Yeah. Which, yeah. Again, that comes up as well. That comes cover. up later. Mm. Picard does a great speech at the end, which I thought was quite good about, and um, you know, there can be no justice, justice if laws are absolute. I guess that you know points you in a good old Picard. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah you know, speeches. there are good points, but as I say, yeah, what, I mean, just I, that one time, I you know, it's not one of my favourites. I, I also found, to be fair, the whole sort of look and feel of it. Again, it was trying to. The whole culture of love and life is sort of relating to sort of back in the sixties with the you know the sort of the hippie movement, and yeah. in terms of that episode, the way to Eden, I just it's season three episode, and I just felt it just seemed really out of place in the eighties. It just didn't. It it feels like it's trying to emulate the original series too much, and it, yeah. for me, it just felt a bit out of place. My final thoughts are nice, clean, and clever solutions to the problem, and well dealt with. So if you get past yeah. all your prejudice yeah. and all that I sort of thing, yeah. it deals with it all quite nicely and it's all quite fair. And it's actually, I say, it's quite watchable. If you get past the kind of skimpy costumes where they they got models coming in dressed in swimming costumes, you're going, hmm, they must have enjoyed that one. And Tasha's inadequacy to actually caused the problem in the first place. <laughs> yeah. but, but I say, how many uh, morals, missions, meanings are in it? It's... Amazing it's, for a lot. five minutes. It's, you know, yeah. I say, if you just get past all of that, you sit there going, actually, that's quite clever. Need to watch it again, I think. Yeah. And I think it's uh, one thing I like to just to say at the heart of that, which is, again, it's explored really well, is the idea of this, the law is the, the centre of Edo society. It's their function for living in harmony. That's how their cultures come together from what it used to be to what it is now. So. So okay. they don't know any better. So it's almost like uh, Schrodinger is not. Yeah, no, I was going to say something else then. But no, it's almost like they've not known any worse. So don't make it better for them. They're happy with it. 
because that's that's how they live. Yeah, it works for them basically. So, so overall, I think as, a, I think as an episode, I think it's perfectly watchable, and I think the concepts in there, there's a lot lot to grasp, and I think I think it's done. I think it's done in a. I think it's done well. So. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Moving <laughs> right along. Yeah, who wants to <laughs> deal with the battle? Uh, I'll give it a whirl if you like. Give, a, give it a whirl, Phil. This is another one of uh, Rob Bowman's uh, directing, actually. So just so you know. Oh, is it? Oh. oh you... Get me, get me. Twice, twice <laughs> in one episode, Phil. You're on a roll here. I am on a roll. I You're am on, on a roll. So. Summary wanna... of some kind, or are we just going to... Go. Some... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, fine, fine. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, you you gave the floor this... to you, Phil. We wondered I know, I know. I was, uh, it was dramatic. In your own time. <laughs> In your own time. Come on, Phil. No, no. All right. Well, it's 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 another one with a, uh, a meet another Ferengi vessel, isn't it? From memory. Damon Buck. Damon Buck. Yeah, and they give him the Picard's old ship, doesn't it? Don't they? Yes. What's it called? Yes. Uh, Stargazer. Yes. Yes. And it's Constellation class as well. Oh, well done, Jamie. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> and do you want do you want to know that? That actually wasn't what it was. What class it was originally? That was redubbed because it used. It was meant to be the Constitution cast, which is um, the original Enterprise. But it was too expensive to reuse the refitted Enterprise model, so yeah. it had to become the Constellation. But the the plot behind it is that Damon Bot gives Picard this ship, and he uses it in a plot of revenge because Picard killed his son at the Battle of Maxia. Yeah, so they're trying to basically set him up as as an evil. Yeah, person. and and Bowman Bock uses that that uh, mind altering machine to basically mess with his head. Can I it? just yeah. point out it was never going to work? No. Yeah. No. It's, well, a, it's a Ferengi half cocked plan. I mean, it, it, it's a watchable episode, and I think for Picard in particular, I think it gives him some great character development, and I think Patrick, I think. Patrick Stewart gives an absolutely excellent performance in this episode. I've got to say, it it's really like learning was... any any history about any character. It really makes you turn your head because there's so little known about Picard at this stage. Yeah, you just want to learn if you possibly can. You want to know everything about the leader. What makes him tick? Why is he so stern sometimes? And I, yeah, this? and I think this episode, I think that does it. In, I think that it comes. I think it does that really well. And I think Patrick Stewart does a terrific job. Can really I just point out, there's this, a teensy bit of um, sexism with Wesley. Actually, it's a bit it's a bit inferred, I give you. But it's kind of, you, know, you, you know the sick base scene? Where Wesley yeah. goes, oh yeah, that looks the same as that thing. Oh right, yeah. And they go, what, what was it again? I can't remember. It's, it's again, it's going back to, uh, you know, women are stupid because they can't remember anything. I don't remember that bit of the episode. No, but... I don't remember that either. I'm going to have to rewatch that. It's oh, weird. Yeah. Like... Just thinking. Pardon, sir? I I... I, you know, I can't remember it either. I know you know you're... the sick base scene where uh, they look at the brainwaves. It's kind of, well, that looks a bit weird. And then Wesley wanders in and says, yeah, that looks the same as the, the, as, oh, same as the sensor. Yeah, yeah. It's that presumption that they that they need him to actually tell them when they've they actually need, already figured it out. That he needs to repeat it. Yeah. They're kind oh, of oh they can't they don't understand it they're, they're unable to comprehend what he's trying to get at. 
Another We Love Wesley Crusher episode. <laughs> well, it's only that scene, Phil. Yeah. yeah. And I found it weird that there's no illness, but there's some by common cold and headaches. Yeah. <laughs> and there is some, there is some just, uh, and I, I think the other thing is there's a conflict of portraying the Ferengi in this episode. You're not sure whether we can really take them seriously or not at all. So what, because of their because of their previous yeah yeah it, 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 it for me it become across as a bit disjointed as well can we actually take Bok or any of them seriously are we they had or not? down a lot though I they think. had yeah I do agree with you yeah yeah absolutely oh, I really liked this episode I liked finding out about Picard's backstory yeah well, that that's one of the biggest strengths of this good. episode yeah yeah it was good it was um I said his character development and Patrick Stewart's performance I think was you know, the big pluses for this episode. Mm. But yeah. you've also got a couple of little continuity problems with it. And I know Sai si would love to put out one in particular, so I'm going to leave I, this up to I you. I haven't got any. On my... You haven't got any? So you're welcome to them, Jamie. Well, I was just going to say, <laughs> you, you'd, come up with, you'd come up with before the idea of shouldn't it be Bok's father, not his son, or something, you said. Mm, yeah, I say in terms of if you think it through, it's like, well, would it be his son? Shouldn't it be his father? Yeah. Just as simple as kind of... Why would it be certain if it's... Oh, I don't know, but it's something I've thought up. But... Yeah. yeah, and it, uh, But I actually quite like the bit where they're actually... They're wearing... When, when Picard's having that um, that memory and he's sitting on the stargazer... Oh, yeah. Actually... oh, yeah, I think I've yeah, mentioned that as well, haven't I? Yeah, it's the fact that they're wearing next-gen uniforms, his old crew, when they should be wearing the other uniforms. <laughs> but I think you can possibly put that down to, um, well, budget was always yeah. a good start. Yeah, and absolutely. then it being a hallucination. A good excuse. Well, yeah, hallucination that he it's might, the... could it in current clothing? I don't know. No, it's a way of him, yeah, sort of trying to stay no i know what you mean i know what you're going to say you're saying he's staying grounded to where he is now and try not to slip too far back into the past yeah but it's that sort of, yeah it's that sort of excuse it's kind of so you can actually it is a plausible plausible explanation yeah vaguely vaguely sort of yeah. maybe <laughs> but but the message i sort of got from this episode was it's sort of revenge and losing those we love we have to let go of the past we can't wallow in it otherwise it will destroy us that's sort of the message um... i got from it do you think the title warrants it? I never really thought it did. Well, the battle, that could refer to either... The Battle what, of Maxia, that's what it's yeah, about. That's what I was going to say. Uh, was you thinking, Phil, in terms of the, 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 climb, the climax sequence at the end between Picard and Bok on the, um, on the yes. Stargazer? No, yeah, I felt that... back to Maxia, that's how I felt the title went referred to, not as, as effects, yeah. the non... You know, the, you know, the battle that didn't actually go between Enterprise and the Stargazer. Yeah, mm. Possibly Picard's battle, you know, in his own head. You know, I suppose, he's, he's yeah, that's a good point. guilt over it all. I did, like, I did quite like the Picard manoeuvre as well. I thought that was quite a cool idea. Yeah. Even if the... But the, then again, the solution to actually stopping it was kind of easy. <laughs> which I quite like. So, oh, yeah, you just do, you know, what was, what, the solution was just tractor stopping the tractor beam. Yeah, yeah, tractor beam and full shields uh, for, I yeah. think. Yeah, yeah. But, but I mean, yeah. yeah, and also, I have to say, just as a other thing, I found, I found the showdown between Bok and Picard on the Stargazer are kind of just anticlimactic, really. You know, it didn't particularly, I don't think that scene was 
done particularly well that mm. bit. I mean, when, when Bok leaves and Picard then, I think that was good. But when Bok's actually there, I think I found it quite tame, to be honest. But but overall, as an episode, I actually quite enjoyed it. More, more so, you know. Yeah. So I could quite happily leave it. I can watch it, but I'll quite happily leave it. I'm not that bothered by it. Yeah, I'm afraid. Did not a contender. Did anyone get any messages from the episode then at all? I think you're quite right, Jamie, with what you said, and I think again that refer of that refers to something I'd, I'm going to say later with another episode. Okay. So <laughs> we've got a lot of um, you know, kind of getting the same ones but for different episodes so i think it's quite interesting jamie you've picked up on ones that i haven't done and i've really picked up on ones that episodes yeah. you haven't picked up on so i think we're doing a good job here yep. <laughs> so should we go on to the next episode hiding cue yay the cue again Sarah, do you want to do this one i can do this one so um q comes back and this is the this is the one I was thinking of earlier. Right, <laughs> the same godlike powers that he uses. Yeah, yeah. When the crew are put in a deadly situation, Riker must use his newfound powers. Although Picard has other ideas. I really enjoyed this episode. Always have I done. I don't like it. I, I never have. It's got nice continuity. It's um and Hugh impressed by by um. You know, by humans, it's like okay, whatever. That's just to just to get right on your side. Well, it's the fact that it, it, he fears that humans are at that the Q continuing. Q himself think they feel as though humans are a threat. So if they continue to expand and advance, they'll actually become more powerful than the Q, and that frightens them. It's yeah, it's Q con- concerned by humans' ev- evolution. And it's it, you know, kind of like you say, are, are humans a threat to the Q? Because out of this episode, you get lessons like you know it's we've touched on it earlier but do hum are humans actually the queue or do we evolve into the queue yeah is that Ooh. is that sort of the next stage in human evolution very interesting and it also um you go with um power corrupts absolutely because it happens was, to the queue and it happens with say. what i call the q riker yeah and how and how if humans did have that power how could we should, should I mean, first of all, should we even have that power? And if we did, how would we use it? Um, well, actually, it works quite well because it arcs back to the messages from where no one has gone before and what humans are capable of. Yeah. 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 So I, I thought it was lovely a way arc back. And I thought the lesson to this one was um, don't be someone you're not. Uh, got to be true to yourself, whoever you are. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I was going to say that's the sort of similar sort of things I sort of picked up on, and I think it's I think, I love the actual uh, just a, I know a little side but Wolf's reaction to Q was priceless. When, um, when... Oh, sorry for that, Jamie. Finish. Yeah, I, I, I was, was, say, I was uh, actually going to bring this point up, but Jamie yeah. got there first. <laughs> sorry, he goes. Was it? He goes. Uh, was it a macro head with a micro brand? And Wolf growls at him. Then when he gives him a drink on the planet, he just looks at Q and it just tips, tips the, uh, the glass and they're drinking it upside down. <laughs> I was going to say though, was that it shows development and restraint because he didn't Yeah, yeah. Like, he, did, to... he didn't buy it to the, uh, the, the, the he didn't take the carrot you know yeah. what I mean? He's just straining, yeah, he's just straining his king on side. But I did find that Riker did get brainwashed by Q. Yeah, I found that was done, I think it was done, a, I think 
really I think that was done it was didn't feel quite right in, in the way it was done. It just felt a bit sort no, of I would I would have said it was there on purpose. Yeah, it works for this would, episode, yeah. It's it worked for the episode. I mean it wouldn't I mean it's against yeah, it does, kind but... of Riker's own but then isn't there isn't in anybody, in any good person, there's always that part of them that says, actually, is it is it worth me going and doing it the hard way? Why don't I for once do the easy yeah, way and, yeah. and have, have the power? If I have, but then it's, of yeah. course, the good triumphing over evil and saying, well, no, I might have the power, but I am, I am going to stay true to what I want. Well, yeah, I just, and that's where you've hmm. got Picard being a moral compass for Riker. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's that clever showdown between him and... Him and Picard and Q and using the notion of power against him. So Picard is like the captain, but Q is the superior, well, supposedly superior being because of his powers. But in the end, Picard holds the power and Q's just, he looks small and silly and he just gets dis, dis, um, he gets banished, doesn't he, by the continuum. So, you know, I've, I've always enjoyed this episode for the messages it puts across because John DeLarce is just awesome as Q. Yeah. <laughs> That's just the bottom line, really. Yeah. You know, and and you know, and I love what Riker says. Um, you know, when they when they're put on that planet, he goes, you know, well, one thing you can say about Q, you know, it won't be boring. He's imaginative. Hmm. So <laughs> that but, is true. But it's only the second time they've met him, though. So it's still. Yeah. And if you're watching it, try and think back to when you first watched it, and you were worried about what you could do, and you, it was also very annoying about the abilities that he had. Um. I if must you... admit, when I watched, when I rewatched this the second time, this is going eons ago now. I actually, I think this was the actual episode. I started to warm to Q because I, I think maybe because I could actually see what he was sort of getting at. I was, I, I, I came to start understanding him a little bit better. Did it also because he he started making sense? Whereas I mean, Q has only now just started making sense to me. Before it was a bit like, oh, why? What's the point? He's really annoying character. Every time we see him, he always thinks we're stupid. Always thinks we're horrible. You know, what's the point? But then yeah. if you think think back to what I said earlier about the you know the um, man just discovering the will, we we're always going to think that someone who's because we're always going to think they're arrogant. Well, yeah, and the fact is, he actually sees humans as a potential threat. So, yeah, he doesn't. He obviously doesn't think we're obviously completely stupid if he sees us as an actual actual threat. I think he um, he brings up the trait, the idea of, of change for humans. That's one of the few traits that we've actually got that he finds interesting or worthy or something. But yeah, I've always really, I've always quite enjoyed the episode. So, Sarah, you've been quite quiet. Yeah, I I, I tweeted a lot in this episode. I think I think this is where I got my naughty tit head on because I just <laughs> I was just everything they they were saying was just making me laugh. <laughs> there are a lot of double entendres in this episode, so uh, I probably missed all of the deeper meanings because I was just <laughs> I was just finding naughtiness in everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. When you're first watching it through, you do tend to do that. I know. Yeah. I, I certainly did. Yeah. So <laughs> I, 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 I think I think I enjoyed the episode. Um, so, uh, but Sarah, one thing I want to ask you at this point is: yeah. so from what, what we've been saying so far, has it actually changed your conception of season one so far? I think I definitely need to watch it again. Yeah, because you know you've pointed out things in episodes that I you know, I hadn't seen or I hadn't thought about. And, you know, you like episodes for, for reasons that I hadn't, you know, appreciated. So it's made me want to watch it again, put it that way. So, yeah. 
Phil, what about you? From, I was just about to say, oddly enough, from waving the banner from the new fan point of view, for me, I would love to watch these again only <laughs> purely and simply because I want to know whether my thoughts about Q are justified. For initially, I don't like him. I didn't like him. I now feel that it wasn't justified for me to say that. But I know we're all clever in hindsight, but that's why I want to rewatch it. Yeah. I want to learn for myself, is that actually what I believe? Or am I just saying that because everyone else is saying that, oh, they love him? Does that that make any sense? No, it makes perfect sense, yeah. It's following the crowd mentality, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. trying to say. I I don't want to follow the crowd. I think it comes as well from him, you know, from what I gather, he's a recurrent character throughout. Yeah. You know, so you probably come to love him a little bit more. So I think... You know, just purely based on the two episodes we've talked about, you know, he is the bad guy. We're not supposed to like him. But I think once you get to know him a little bit better, you probably appreciate him a bit more and see him from, you know, in a, in a slightly different light, I think. Yeah. Should we move on to Haven? Haven. Haven. Yes. yes. Do no, I'd forgotten about this episode. No, <laughs> someone, someone else going for it because it was one of those episodes that I remember but then instantly forgot about. And when I was doing the research for this, it was almost like, really? Whoops. I don't remember watching that. Did that happen? Did <laughs> that's it. Sorry? Me that's... To do it? Do you want me to summarise it? Yeah, yeah go ahead. Ahead. Okay, Troy's mother visits for the first time, Major Barrett, Rottenbury, uh, with the news that Diana's future husband will soon be arriving. Crew go about praying for the wedding that is soon interrupted by a shipload of interstellar, it says lepers, but it's kind of people to play um and then again the box is also on shimman i also want to point that out um yeah oh, yeah yeah and i sort of saw this one as um something of a soap opera in space yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it essentially is and it's it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's it's what simon would call a ship show a ship episode which, well, really, that is a production term because it's where they're trying to save as much money as they can for future episodes. You, you don't complain yeah. them to do, really, because they didn't have a lot of money, did they? No, <laughs> I mean, I think, I think starting for me with the pluses, I think, obviously, um, it's quite refreshing and different feel and themes to the episode than what season one had previously done before. So the, the themes are sort of true love, destiny, arranged marriage are sort of chucked into the mix. Yeah. Um, which is clearly very different from the other things we've sort of discussed, really. Yeah. So it's also it, clever bringing it back in. It's again bringing what's relatable now. Yeah. To what you can see there. Yeah. Because that, that that's a big thing at the moment. What well, arranged, to, ma- to me, arranged marriages? Yeah. To me, this is where the, there was a nice little run of episodes that were quite, you know, they were di- they were different in a good way. I sort of enjoyed the, the run of the next few episodes. I thought they were good. I loved um, Troy's mother's character. I loved the introduction of her. I think she's amazing. Oh, she's wonderfully excited. She's everybody's... Everyone's got, yeah, and everyone's got an, an older relative or a nan or someone like that who just totally says what they eccentric, want. Yeah, and yeah. I, really, I really liked learning a little bit more about Troy and Riker's relationship. Well, it's I on that point, it's the first time you hear the word Imzadi, my beloved. Yeah, I I kind of it was frustrating because you know there's you know that something's happened in the past. It's never really explained at this point, and they have they sort of seem to have this whole. Troy keeps saying, you know, 
you know, he wants to be a Starship captain, so they can't be together. And it, it sort of made me think, what, so do Starship captains, are they not allowed to get married? You know, are none of yeah. them married? And it was a bit like, why are you using that as an excuse? What's happened? I think... So, although I, it's, sorry, I, although it's nice to sort of see that... Yeah. It left me with a lot of questions, and I just know that it's going to be like an eon before anything happens. So <laughs> it's really frustrating. <laughs> I, I think it does give good character development for Troy. It's just simply nice that the episode focuses on her for a change because that doesn't. Yeah. She doesn't turn up much in season one. That brings us on to the point was Marina Sirtis was afraid that she wouldn't be in it for long. That they would yeah. get rid of her because she just hardly is in season one. So it was quite a nice change in terms of actually focusing on her character. Yeah. I, can I also say that I thought it was quite interesting that something quite magical about. Um, like Wyatt and Arena, is that right? Am I saying that? I right? think so. Yeah, yeah. Um, seeing, and hearing your true love from wherever, from without any distance, I thought that was quite magical. Just kind of whole concept. Yeah, yeah and I, definitely. Mm. And I think actually the the sort of theme of true love and destiny, which is, I think, explored really well, and it's nicely resolved for Wyatt as well. Like beforehand, he's he's in this arranged marriage. It's really awkward for him and Troy. But he's got these drawings that he's done of a woman he keeps dreaming about, and he's so unsure about his future. And at the end, it all just becomes so clear for him. Mm. And, it's kind of yeah. a nice full circle mix, if that makes any sense. And, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And on that thread, you know, we're all talking about arranged med- uh, marriages. It mm-hmm. just talks about messages that I brought, I found with it. So from you know the um, like the plague people. It's not yep. good by putting it, but hey. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, 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 what, how, how should I call them then? Are they the Tyrellians? Was that mm-hmm. it? Tyrellians. Got it noted down. I uh, think it begins with T. Plague people. Sorry. Just a plague yeah. people. <laughs> <laughs> that works, doesn't it? It's, it's self-explanatory. That's again some logic there. Um, but it's in the, hidden in there is um, like trying to avoid mutual destruction. Because obviously their planet was destroyed from um, from it, so it's trying to get away from it, trying to try and avoid it at all costs, because no one wins. And on with the soap opera. It's with that arranged marriages. It's sort of traditions are meant to be challenged. Is what it's trying. I think it's trying to get at. Yeah, I think you know. Yeah, and I think. It, it, it comes up with that sort of interesting notion: Is it actually right or wrong? Forcing someone, forcing someone to marry another who you barely know. And it's I more, think, it's, yeah, sorry, just to go on to that, it's more, it's another way of if, of us thinking, right? Well, I, I have my free will; I get to do what I want, but they don't. Why is that? It's again emphasising the viewer. Yeah, and I, I quite I quite like this notion of the des- uh, our destiny. Is it predetermined or do we influence it? So is it a combination of both? So Wyatt's destiny was to meet and find this woman he drew from his dreams. And was that sort of predetermined for it? Or was he some, you know, it, there's, there's, there's forces at work here uh, and circumstances that we can't quite understand. And it's quite a nice little sort of, I think because says, you know, what, what strange set of circumstances has brought, you know, this, this man to draw this woman not know if she's real and then she suddenly appears on the view screen yeah 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 that that was, that was the only thing for me though with the episode it was a bit sort of obvious what was going to happen yeah like, they, the I only mean, thing that annoyed me about yeah, it there's there's 
there, there's stuff there, but it's there's not as much to sink your teeth into as 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 previous episodes. But I will say also again, I know it goes back to dates, but I love that that really great moment where Data asks, um, "Oh, was it the Millers and and the Waxella to keep the keep, continue the petty bickering?" <laughs> when Deanna storms out of the reception dinner, the wedding reception the, the dinner. The dinner's yeah. brilliant, just to start <laughs> to finish. It's hilarious with the guy getting drunk. Oh, yeah. it is just it, funny. It, that's also homage to every wedding, though, isn't it? It yes. is, Think absolutely. You've got, you got to have bickering parents. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, yeah. I look forward to that at yours, Phil. Yeah, that'd be interesting, Phil. That could be funny, yeah. <laughs> It's going to happen, though. It's going to happen. Sorry, no, Phil. It, it sort of no, 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 it happens at every wedding. I fully agree with it. There's always people that don't like each other, good, but if they were forced to go because it's family and you've got to be seen to show your face. And there's always other people that do like each other, but they don't. Boring. But as a, but as a bit of trivia, just to say, and I've, I told Sidis, the actor actually plays Wyatt also turns up in an episode of Star Trek Voyager. Uh, Dragon's Teeth. He plays uh, one of the species, uh, uh, one of the Vodwar, they're called. Just as a bit I love the way trivia. you told me and then you went, oh, actually, it could have been a quiz question. Oh, darn it. I know, I know. <laughs> I'm still regretting that, but never mind. But, uh... I mean, overall, I, I, I didn't mind this episode. I mean, I don't think it's anything particularly riveting or amazing, but it's watchable. And I, I must admit, I've always quite liked the character of Wyatt. I must admit. You sort of root for the guy, you know? Yeah, his 80s haircut. Yes. <laughs> At least he didn't have a uh, Wesley jumper. No. <laughs> no. No, by that point, he'd have uh, drawn out of them because he's in the I don't know what I want to be jumper at this point. Oh, yeah, of course he is. Yes, true, true. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. It's, probably yes, didn't understand not, why they did that, though. It's almost, almost it seems was, silly. I think it was kind of, he's not, he's grown up. He's kind of, he's, he's going to be a, well, an officer. He's going to go in staff. He's going to be... You know, his character's grown. He's now a member of the bridge crew. Yeah, but do you really... Look, look at this. Let's say, for example, 20 years in the future, Captain Wesley Crusher. <laughs> that would just be a nightmare. It, it wouldn't happen. We're stuck in the Abrams verse now. Yeah, true. So you're in a bit of luck, but it's not going to happen. Mm. So should we say goodbye to this episode and go on to the next one? <laughs> Sorry. Oh, I goodbye. Farewell. I, could, I couldn't resist. Goodbye. I think Jamie wants to move on. How, what does everyone else think? Yeah, I, I, I think because I got across, obviously, you're live tweeting during all of these. And I got, a, and you said on the um, your video, give that a bit of a promotion, that this, I think, was one of your favourites. Oh, yeah, definitely. So do you want to introduce it? Cause I, I can do. This yeah. is a good opportunity to. Yep, Sarah's first favourite contender episode. Yay. It is, yeah, definitely. So uh, Picard decides to try out the new holodeck enhancements in the form of a Dixon Hill detective story, um, but an alien probe causes malfunctions. Insect and aliens. Is... Sorry? Insect aliens. Insect aliens. And they find themselves in a real life and death struggle. <gasps> I, I absolutely dun, love dun, this episode. Dun. I really do. Um, you sort of, for the first time, you, they sort of saw the potential of the holodeck and the, mm. the stories that could come from having that kind of technology. Mm. And the countless episodes you can have in it when it breaks yeah. down. 
Yes, this was the first episode of it. Yeah, yeah, that's it. That's it. This is the one I was thinking about with the the insect talk at the end. Mm. Um, I do find it a bit weird with the holodeck episodes. They they kind of all seem to go for these sort of 20th century like models yeah, um, that, yeah, that we well, would understand. It's like you could go for anything out throughout time and they all seem to go back to this sort of era. Do, do you want to know why that is? Yes. Because on the Paramount lot, lot, they have all those sort of sets where they're already yes. there. So they just reuse <laughs> their sets and they're, they're there. Easy, easy. Like, and it, and it, mm. I think, I think a, it was kind of a double meaning though as well because I think a lot of the Americans in that era it was quite popular going back yeah. to that history. It was, there was popular films that were going out at the same time. So it kind of just, it made sense. Again, it's just yeah. going along with, with the era. It's, it's an era you audience. can easily produce, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. It's relatable yeah. to the audience as well. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I think, and again, there's continuity with the Wesley Genius storyline with oh, him fixing the holiday. That is the one thing that this is where it started. This Wesley Savage, like, this is where it really grated me in this episode. It just, you've got any and number like, of qualities. He pushed Geordie out the way. It's like, no, Geordie, you can't do this. Wesley's going to do it. Like, mm-hmm. come on. That, that, that was the worst bit of this episode. It but with think. that, you <sighs> have got to say that it is uh, Geordie a step closer to becoming an engineer. It is. But yeah. I just I just found like. Wesley again. It's, I know Wesley's learning all the different functions of the ship, but this is, you know, it's 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 crucial that they get it fixed because Card's got to do this thing, and they're relying on Wesley. It's like it's you, a bit far fetched. Yeah, yeah, it's I, a little it, bit far fetched. But uh, you know, but I, overall, I, I quite enjoy this episode for what it is. It's not one of my most favourite ones, but I, I've always quite, I, I don't mind it at all personally. I like, I like the sexy Doctor Crusher. Yeah. I like <laughs> side of her character. <laughs> That was interesting. That was quite you, fun. Yeah. And again, but... I think Stuart's enthusiasm comes out really well in this episode, particularly when he, he first visits the holodeck and he's explaining to, to the crew in the observation lounge about it. Oh, the sights, the smells, you know. Yeah, I saw you automobiles. see of him. Yeah, yeah. sorry. <laughs> That's a really yeah. bad impression of Picard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you yeah. definitely see a different side of him, mm. um, like bringing out a different side of Picard. Um it was. It shocked me actually when the guy actually got shot. Yeah. Because that was the first kind of almost like violence that you see in any. You Star see, Trek. you think, my God, he's actually been shot. So that was a bit, you know, it was kind of different. But and, and the ending is brilliant films. when when he nails that that lizard speak. That is just brilliant. I love that bit at the end. Yeah, because you kind of forget about what's actually going on on the ship, don't you? You you, you get encapsulated what's going on, and what's going on on the ship kind of actually gets ignored. Yes, so might, it's it's a bit weird. Um, yeah. But I'm gonna I'm also gonna confuse Jamie and Simon here now and say this is actually one of my contenders. Ooh, yay! Main, <laughs> mainly because it's again another data not understanding, whereas me and you can go into a new surrounding. And we've learned about the history, so we can kind of guess what's going on, whereas he has to have it right, and he's trying to yeah. do it perfectly, but he doesn't get it, if that makes any sense. It's another yeah. friend spine of does it perfect. So for me, yeah. And I, I love the storyline, love the plot line, and yeah. I, it, for me, I, I actually quite like, at the moment, I'm quite into the Holodeck episodes. I actually quite like them. I think they're brilliant. So Yeah, yeah. 
Fair enough. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I don't know if that was going to confuse you guys, thinking that no? I was going to say something else. No. Uh, it's a day or episode. Feel like it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Speaking um, of day episodes. <laughs> well, I was going to, I've got a few, I've got a few very vague meanings for it. Um, because you're really talking about what is reality, what is real, and then what happens to holodeck characters when it's turned off. Yeah, that's also, I mean, well, we're going to go back into that in a minute, but uh, well, later on, but that that I don't uh, that are going on to another episode. It's that whole sort of Picard saying to him, "Well, look, we'll keep we'll keep hold of your memory banks because you are now a person." Yeah. It's going back to when does when does something we create then start having its own conscious? Yeah, and I think I said, I mean, I always thought it was actually um, the Moriarty episode in season two that first explores it, but as Simon rightly points out, it's actually this one. It's Lieutenant McCary because I actually looked it up. It's the first mm. character really to have sentience because yeah. yeah, it's like he knows what's going on. It's like, and even you could yeah. you could um, argue as well. A Mister Red Red Block, you could also Cyrus. claim he is. Yeah, Cyrus Red Block. I actually found it quite fun to watch. I must admit, you could also claim he is as well. So it's, mm. it's I say, it's a lot to delve with in it. And it's say it's we're say we're going to do an episode about what is reality, so we can hear to what we what we think of that at some point. Yeah, and and the messages I got from this episode that said pretty much what you guys have just said anyway. So <laughs> that's the same sort of thing I got from it. So the notion of imagination and fantasy, and sort of why we use it, you know, to not just entertain us, but you know, also imagine other possibilities. Again, we also we also all the way through humanity the, the earliest point of cave paintings we've learned by storytelling yeah you know yeah. You, you learn by other people's mistakes or learn by what people have done wrong in stories you know i'm not going to be the one to do that i'm not, I'm not going to be the silly one to do that so so phil what was your overall thoughts of the episode then overall thoughts of the episode good building for data again it's another learning episode for data uh, it's good character development for Picard because, again, you're learning more about him. He, he's also moving on. Um, and like you say, Wesley Crusher is in a different side of her as well, Yeah, and I which think... Picard likes. And, hmm. again, you actually see a little bit of that as well. I don't know if you notice. Yeah, and he I sort think... of looks at her in a certain way. Oh, yeah, way. absolutely. Yeah. And I think the other thing is it's the fact that we're, we're, looking, we're looking at this episode. Obviously, obviously, it's from the 21st century, but when Picard describes how real it looks and looking back to the past, it almost makes it seem as though we're seeing it for the first time. Yeah. If that makes sense. So it, it, yeah. You know, but yeah, I, I think overall it's, it's an enjoyable, enjoyable episode to watch. So, so who are we going to have a fight about who's doing data law? Mm, I, I, I would like to put my <laughs> hand up for this episode. Go on in. Go on in. <laughs> well, again, this is going to be another favorite content episode contender for me. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, sorry, so, no surprises there from Simon, obviously. It's, uh, a, it's, it's like all three of you are going to go, yeah, it's the same for me as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. Is I, it? I, I, I'm... Phil? I love this episode. Is this well, an... yes, yes and no. Data log, it's it's a good episode. Data log. Data log. You're talking about data log. Uh, this, is, this, is another, this is another philism, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, another fill, 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 fill. It's another. Oh, let's do computer maintenance. I mean, how many of these episodes are we going to have? And you're only halfway through season two, Phil. 
of next. I mean, there's another one with one 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 zero. It's like how many times? I mean, this this new brand new galaxy class. Don't ship. be mean to that episode. No, but this this brand new galaxy class ship. How many upgrades has it had in the first season? Uh, <laughs> well, hello. The the, the 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 story of this episode, Data Law, is that Data ends up visiting his um planet where his Open origins. Data. Thank you, Sai. I actually did. I did actually need that. <laughs> um, and he discovers the fact that um he actually has a brother called Law, and he just finds out a lot more about his origins. And it's, I think it's fantastic. The fact that as I said Dad gets so much backstory, considering he's one of my favourite characters, and again, it leads on to so much other stuff later. Not just, I mean, lore a little bit, but mainly it's the fact that Data discovers other things about his past, which I won't say for Phil and um, Sarah's benefit because it, it would spoil it later on. But there's a lot of stuff that comes up with Data later on about his past and that, which is dumb. It's, it's a good foundation for it, Jamie. Yeah. Can I build on that? Because there is something you can actually bring up that the other um, Phil and Sarah do actually know about. I think in because observation and speech, there is the origins of measure, measure of a Man. Yeah, there's yeah. that as well. Yeah, oh, really? Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. It's because it, they both. Um, I think it's Picard and Riker or whoever. They act really awkward around Data when talking trying to refer to data as a he but law they refer to as an it so yeah. it's that oh, sort of yeah 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 <laughs> oh, i did not i'm gonna have to rewatch this now <laughs> we, we, this is the problem with you two I, I will never ever finish season two because every time I, we talk about something i'm gonna have to go back to season one <laughs> yes just, just, that's just, life of being a star trek fan trust me it's, yeah, i suppose that's what you do you're gonna go oh wait i know this uh, no you never do Phil? How, how long have i been at it and i yeah I don't know. Do you still Nothing find else. new things in it now? Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. All the time. You, yeah, you can never, as I say, you can never know everything at the at all times. There's so much you can learn about this franchise that you yeah. go, right? I've I've got it now. Oh, actually, no. Now I've got a different something. But I've got it all now. So oh, I, I didn't know that's that before. Why there's so many people that will look at something and go, oh, that was a rubbish series or that was a rubbish episode because they saw it for the first time and then didn't watch it again. That's so, where you get the problems with everyone going, oh, season, uh, season three of original series. Oh, that's that's dreadful. Whereas if you actually dig a bit deep, deeper, there's actually an awful lot in there. It was just, again, the circumstance, why it's ended up being the way it is. Yeah, I mean, and, but I mean, even though I think some of these episodes, as, as like Lonely Among Us, we said, have got interesting ideas, but they get lost. But I think actually the majority of these episodes, I think the ideas actually come across really well and they're explored. They're explored as well in in, in some depth. It's and, just sometimes the way the stories told are told, I guess. Yeah, it just yeah. Has to be right. Yeah, and I think I said this episode for me is a favourite because obviously you find out so much about data. There's follow it follows up from later on, and it and as Sai says, it's that it's that notion of thinking of data or or or, or an android. Is is it a is it just a machine or is he actually a sentient being? I did and, find it a bit odd though that um, there's some it, like some it wasn't well written in some places because again with the Wesley genius storyline. Oh, that uh, again, this episode. Um, noticing the change in the, uh, again, I put this in quotes, the data's character. And the senior officer's not taking, taking paying any notice after God knows how many episodes of him growing and then them going, oh, shut up, Wesley. Just, just you, you're not, you're not making any sense, boy. 
and when well, he is. It's the fact that Wesley's the only one to pick up on it, and no one else does. Yeah. Yeah, I get what you mean there, yeah. <laughs> but I must admit, the shut-up shut Wesley moments were fun. Yeah, that was a very good part of the episode. <laughs> shut up, Wesley! It's just because what we wanted to be saying throughout the whole of like the first few episodes. <laughs> and it they, finally gets said. They, they, did, they, they did it for us. But I think, I think another theme as well that I got from this was sort of how far should we take technology in terms of actually building it will eventually because te- you know data is obviously a machine is is made up of technology and it's the case of well when it comes to a point if we're if we're the creators of it when when does it become sentient mm. you which know is, which then it comes back to that like in the measure of a man later on it's there you a go fitting yeah. for that episode you know they revisit it really mm. well but I, I like the analogy that um I think it's. I think I'm using the, this word right. I apologise if I'm not. But the idea of the fact that Picard says, "Oh yeah, we're machines as well, just machines of a different type," yeah, which is exactly. the basis yeah. of what he says, a measure of a man. Mm-hmm. So yeah. again, it, again, it's building up from that. And it, uh, I, I said, I just think you, it's. Um, a, sorry. Yeah, I was just saying. I just think it's just a wonderful episode for all those reasons. Again, it's one of all that size says from, from uh, the Naked Time. It's one of this one is later law is one I've always always enjoyed. Absolutely, always enjoyed it. Yeah. I think it's one of those episodes that sets up Data as a character and sets up the actual, yeah, uh, the the actual um, the, the the Star Trek fan or the fan or the person watching to actually really start to think, and it also probably changes your thought pattern because after I watched the, the cer- certainly Measure of a Man, after I watched that episode in particular, I actually then started questioning a lot of the things that I used to say as something I, I would say wrong. I can't think of one at the moment, but I would say that because of I've got because I'd be bloody minded about something, but I now won't because I think to myself, actually, no, I'm wrong. You know, there's a part of me that thinks, mm. no, that's not right. You should actually be thinking along this line. Yeah. <laughs> Is that a bit of Simon influence getting in as ever? Yeah, most over probably. the years, yeah. kind of. <laughs> so, as I say, I've always acted like like it, haven't I? I always have done. And I think it's sort of influenced you guys in a way as well. And I think now that you're getting the full dose of Star Trek, it's coming in like two fronts. Oh yeah, I've I've always considered like, like for example, if if anyone knows my my blog on my favourite characters, like Data was actually one of my is one of my favourite characters and one of my role models. You know, because he sort of reminds me. I think I've compared it to my father, not in ten, in terms of like the non-emotional side of Data, but just the fact that. He always makes people laugh, whether intentionally or not, and he always he, he shows those traits of humanity, even if he doesn't show any emotion. Yeah. So, and you know, and and what side just said, again nicely leads on to obviously, again, size one of one of one of my well has been one of my biggest role models and biggest influences in my life. So, which we, which you've dealt with in your blog, and we've also mentioned in uh, role models. Yeah. So, so but I apart. Think- Apart from me, is there anyone else who's put this up as a favourite contender, or am I the only one again? <laughs> oh, no, I would, definitely. You would as well, yeah? Definitely, yeah. Love this episode. I learned, yeah. I learned about the, the wharf effect as well. So if they wanted to show a formidable, formidable opponent, you know, they, they, you know, if they knock wharf out, they must be tough, you know? Oh, yeah, absolutely, yeah. <laughs> Quite like that. But, uh, yeah, that, I just want to quickly say, Brent Spider did that brilliantly. Really played obviously data, but also playing the, his evil side as well. I think he did a terrific job with that. He's just—he is an amazing actor. Yeah, it, you could believe you could believe it's actually 
two different actors. It's not actually. Yeah. It's, it's astonishing to think it's actually the same actor. Yeah. So I find that there's. I can't, I can't think which episode it is in season two when the old guy downloads his memories into data. Shinzoid man. The schizoid man. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. And you see that again where he can just. He just does it so well. Whatever they throw at him, he just handles it. He, he's very, very good. What about you, Phil? Is this a, is, is this a, it's a definite contender? If, if it wasn't for the fact that I've got some others, I'm thinking. So, so the answer. So the answer to that then is no. <laughs> but simply, yeah. Yeah, but simply no, <laughs> no. But I, I, the, the answer is no, but the but, actual yeah. answer is yes. If it wasn't for the others, I've already uh, I'm about to mention. Yeah, so oh. no. Yeah. Is, that, is that a tease, Phil? The ones I'm going to mention next. Yes. Yeah, I, I think I think so. So so far, Phil's got zero. Um, He's got one. No, 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 no. Which one? Why? Oh, beg your pardon. Yeah, sorry, sorry. So 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 we've all got we've all got contenders up then, which is good. Yeah. So. Next one. If there's Angel nothing else. One. Angel One. Yes. Planet Ruled by Women. I hate this episode. Stupid. Sarah, episode. one question that I've had marked down and I've wanted to <laughs> no. know the answer for ages. I knew this was going to come up. I what? knew it. This is like my trap for once. Right. What did you think of Riker's Angel One attire? Oh, I just. Oh. <laughs> I Typical. just. There's your answer. Like, it's a typical Riker. I'm gonna get the girl no matter what. Riker in off. season one is just <laughs> so cringy. <laughs> he's just oh, I don't know. Perhaps when he's got the beard, you can't see it as much. But <laughs> in 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 season one, he's so cringy, and this is just oh, there's a, when when he actually comes out, and I think Tasha and Troy are in the room and they're giggling. Yeah. I swear they're laughing for real. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, just, here, ladies, here's it. my hairy man chest. He Take looks like look. such an idiot. It's yeah. hilarious. Yeah, I. Um, but yeah, <laughs> yeah I don't like. I I kind of I guess the twist really early on, where I think like her second command has fallen in love with one of the human beings. I I kind of got that really early on. I guess that really early on, and I don't know. I just the rest of this episode's just a bit blare for me. I, Although I say it's a bit of an odd one because I find there's some really stupid stuff in here and there's some really clever stuff in here. So yeah. I'll give you a bit of a gist of some of it. Okay, some of it is just hilarious. So obviously you've got the uh, problem on the Enterprise with the illness. The what do they do? Hodder Dick becomes an isolation ward. That's where the problem came from. <laughs> and, the, and the other problem that goes with that is there shouldn't have actually been a virus on, in the first place because the snowball hits Picard but as soon as it goes off the holodeck it would disappear it wouldn't hit but there Picard. is that but you sit there with that bit and go hmm that looks like the most unconvincing alpine scene I've ever seen <laughs> yep oh, um, this is one with the, the silver like the silver ski this is the one with the yeah. silver ski suits yep yeah, you're right there yeah great fashion choice yeah um, but to give it some credit, I have got three quite decent points that wow, do bring great. up a bit. <laughs> and they're actually quite lengthy, actually. Because wow. um, following on from our role models episode yet again, with Uhura, it seemed like the feminist move, moved up a bit in the 80s. So that then you got the command level senior officers on the Enterprise, 
and that led to the idea of female-dominated society. So they were just moving with the times. Mm. That's how yeah. I felt with it. And then mm. I also felt there was a kind of space esque to it because the plot was dominated by a new society looking for a, a breakthrough, but but was denied it. Yeah. And with the, as I've put it, the, the men's society, so um, Ramsey, is that yes. the name, yeah? Yeah. Yeah. Um, being sent to the jungle, jungle as punishment reminded me of the 18th century convicts being sent to Australia. Yeah. And you kind of yeah. look look how that turned out actually quite well. So it's it's quite interesting, really. It's just kind of when you start digging a little bit, you kind of go, hmm, that's okay. I didn't see that coming. Yeah, and I think actually from from the away team, there is actually a general respect for the matriarchal culture. Which is, you know, again, it's again, it's, it's, it's again, it's a bit like that film that I brought up consistently throughout this so far. Is there humans. are quite, there are quite a few women in that away team, though. Mm. Well, yeah. Well, yeah, because they said, but they but don't Riker, apply to men as well as if it's then to women. So let's send all the women down. Yeah, but Riker goes down as well, and he actually generally respects the culture. He doesn't just, you know. <laughs> Um, yeah, yeah sort of, be- yeah. At the beginning, I mean, at the beginning. Um, um, yeah, he respected <laughs> it, definitely. He respected it. But, he bent over and just you. respected it. But then but then it comes to the sort of end bit where he goes, he makes that one speech and then they start considering to change their government. It's like, it's, you know? You can't, how, how, how many years of history get changed by one speech? Mm, yeah, and no, from, a, from, from a bloke's perspective as well. Because Marina Sirtis, I think she, she, she actually pointed out, she... It says, oh yeah, these women will be running their own planet for eons, and then Commander Riker arrives, makes one speech, and they start to consider changing their government. Yeah, <laughs> change the society. The power. Well, of, he yeah. does have that power over women, doesn't he? That's again. It, it, it leads on to the argument. It could it, the episode could be considered a little bit sexist. I might, yeah. I might consider watching this episode again to try and find the deep meanings. But can I just fast forward, like <laughs> the, the cringy Riker bits? <laughs> Yeah, those. Uh, yeah, those. Uh, yeah, I, I, I put actually in my notes what, what I disliked about the episode. Riker showing his bare chest. I could have done without that. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, you, you know. You, you're not complaining about Tasha. Hmm. You were complaining about <laughs> Tasha. What in terms of what this episode? Or are you talking about? I didn't really actually say anything about Tasha in that episode. No, it's that double standards. I know. <laughs> it's double standards for the um, mm. okay. heterosexual. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. <clears throat> Moving but, on, Jamie. Yeah, Let's but, carry on. Oh, yeah. Actually, I found another point that I've hidden away in my notes. But both societies are sexist, but for opposite reasons. So the Federation are sexist towards women because they have, in a, lot of, in a few examples that I found, it's not the whole time but sometimes are seen as weak and feeble and stupid and that's the same with men in terms of angel one so basically double sexism from both genders then Hmm, you can get that yeah that's what i got Mm. from it so in some form i wouldn't say it's a constant but it's you can get that view from it but i think or the episode. I, was, I actually thought it was more a good way of uh, looking at a story where two people wanted to be together. From t- it's like a Romeo and Juliet almost, if you see what I mean, but uh, like yeah. a, a Star yeah. Trek version. Fractious, I quite yeah. like that. Mm. I mean, I, I mean, everyone. I mean, Simon and Jamie will know. I hate Romeo and Juliet. I can't stand it. But <laughs> I actually yeah, like the homage to it. Yeah, 
Yeah, and I think I quite like the point that like the speech that Riker does do at the end, apart from obviously the other bits, but I do quite like the idea what he says about that that a martyr and, and that political issues can't be as yeah, easily killed as people. Yeah, it's I say hmm. enjoyable episode with a clever, well thought out solution. It's how I've sort of summarised it. I think it's I say I I found that Angel One was the main focus, hmm. and I felt that the virusy thing was sort of forgotten about. But if I, that wasn't there, you wouldn't have you wouldn't have a problem because it'd be oh I've well, just been not then. I don't I don't think Angel One is a particularly great episode. I mean I don't mind it, but I think I think it's too harshly judged and ridiculed. I think um, it does have some merit, you know. In there, it, it, again, you know, it does have there's you know, sort of bits you go oh god no 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 thank you, you know just what Riker say you know it comes across as this or this, but then. As as size as as size pointed out, there's other bits in there which do work. To me, it was to me it took a bit of a step back. I don't know where it was in in the order of production, but it kind of took a step back. Like you say, you kind of got lost with the two storylines. You'd kind of forgotten about one because it was all focused on the other one. Mm. And, and there'd been a few really good episodes, and this was like a big step back for me. Yeah, I, oh, I, I just well, I don't know. So that's just reminded me of um, the wolf's knees. Oh, still sneezed. Oh, well, I, I thought we were talking about what Sarah was saying. I was like, okay. No, no but it, it is, but it's again, it's the, the wolf sneeze. It's the kind of loudest sneeze ever created. <laughs> but, I'm sorry, but but yeah, yeah but, it just it just seemed like it took a bit of a step back. For yeah, me. I, I can I can sort of see where you're coming from actually, because it sort of again it sort of reminds you of of Code of Honor. But instead of racism, I was we're going to have to say there were parallels with Code of Honor. It, it's just one of those episodes. You're like, really, you yeah, know. Yeah. Instead of racism, let's do sexism. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. It was a bit of a step back for me, but that's, that's um, fair enough. Yeah. Not one of my faves. Phil, I've already, I've already made that apparent. It's a silly episode. <laughs> okay. Well, well, well I think on. yeah, I think we're moving on to one one zero zero one zero zero. Oh, is that the one with the Bynards? Uh, yeah, well, th- this 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 one is the episode where you've got a computer beings, although there's sort of computer and humans, um, and they kind of use the Enterprise as a, a portable USB drive, which is <laughs> which That's is a something good way I to always, describe it. Yeah, I've, I've always brilliant. So, and then, but the interesting thing about it is that because they are like a, almost a computer race, they are they have like a yes no answer. So they they the only reason they needed it was because they their race was dying, so they they couldn't afford to have a situation where the the the, the federation said no you can't use our, our our ship as a portable USB drive. Of course, it was a very simple request. Of course, we would have helped them, but because they didn't want to take that chance of it possibly being a no, uh, they didn't for one moment let it, and they just forced the hand. So I, I thought it was quite a nice way of looking at it. I I do want to say that I, this is one I want to put forward. Oddly, mm. I, I've always I, I, enjoyed it. I don't it. think it is. There's not enough to it, mm. but I have to agree. It Again, it's yeah. something I've always enjoyed. Again, it's going back to Naked Now, but I, I, God knows why. But um, it's uh, where should I start? It's like the binars are kind of the other side of the coin to the, the Borg. Uh, oh, nice, yeah, I suppose a nice computer race. Yeah. Nice reference to the big goodbye by fixing the holodecks. Um, Commander Criterus is incompetent. <laughs> Absolutely, he <laughs> is so. But, I mean, that whole Riker being stuck in there on purpose again, Riker. 
Because it's got a woman. <laughs> it's just, oh, enough of it. Enough of it. No, but she's also sentient. And True. it does give some good character development for Riker as well. I and think. Picard. And Picard, yeah. So, um, <clears throat> reuse of the space stock model first seen in Star Trek 3. Uh, search of Spock. Um, and I think, as Phil's rightly said, it's a if you don't ask, you don't get message to it. And yeah. it's and you're, you... you're hinting at as well was the kind of moral is don't become too independent on technology, although we have since it was filmed in 1987. Yeah, true, we have. Yeah, <laughs> and I mean, I, I, I've always, I've always really enjoyed this episode as well. And it's one of those episodes where you, you meet the binars, like you, like you were saying, say with the space jellyfish and encounter at Farpoint. You don't see them again, but you wish you could. Yeah. Because the binars, they referenced again, but they never come back. And I think what I, what I quite liked about it was this sort of fascinating themes of you know, how they can only survive by working together in pairs and their sort of inter- interdependence and integration between themselves as organic beings and actually technology. And they've actually found a harmonious way of doing it. Yeah. So... I mean, and... It's also another reference to uh, Bynard's partners, you know, a long-lasting partnership. Yeah, and you no, know, uh, husband and wife. It's the same. It's and, just computer generated. Yeah, and I quite like the fact that that brings out that whole idea of working in pairs is actually brings out some really good teamwork between Picard and Riker in solving the problem. So, can you just ask why did the Enterprise have a five-minute countdown? Oh, the auto destruct. Mm, did seem a bit stupid. Uh, a, well, the plot warranted it. Uh, but, yeah, <laughs> yeah, but you've got to get from. Deck 36 engineering all the way up to the bridge to cancel it. <laughs> Why couldn't they just cancel it by voice command? You mean? 36 yeah, you decks in five minutes. Uh, well, I suppose if you're going to do a self destruct, you want to make sure it's difficult. You, you just got to let it go. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, I've, I've always, again, Simon knows I've always quite enjoyed this episode. It's where she does, you know, Minuet does turn up quite often quite frequently so it is quite a crucial episode for what sort of Riker's development Riker's uh, yeah. character development so yeah, but it's, it's yeah. just another Riker hey baby just, <laughs> come on I don't know I just because I, I, I've seen it too much I think because I'm only looking at it as a watching uh, sorry Phil sorry Phil series. I have got to pull you on that I have seen it enough that means you do quite like it <laughs> if you watch it quite enough, and I say this came from my point of view, you watch it too much and you get fed up of it. That means you like it. Oddly, really? Mm. Yeah. Okay, Odd- that's that's, that's me, a stupid yeah. thing, though. You kind of go, "Oh, I've watched that too much. I don't want to watch it." That's the kind of mark of a good episode. Yeah. No, At what I mean is, I'm, I know what I'm trying to say is, I've seen too many situations where you've got Riker and women. And it's just here we go again. Um, it's like it's like yeah. when you go on about Wolf, um, hate uh, Wolf, um, Wolf trying to kill himself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you say about Riker and women, uh, he's, he's flirting with them again. Is that what you're saying, Phil? Yeah, he's just another. For God's sake, um, Kirk, Kirk was Kirk was ten times they're, worse than that. They're, yeah, I suppose. they're episode types, and again, you're you're going to have to get used to a Troy episode where she's doing the similar sort of thing. So it's part of next gen. Yeah, and the fact is, Kirk was ten times did that ten times more women than Riker did. Phil, trust me. Once you watch the original series, fair enough. I hold you to that. <laughs> but I, 
I don't know about you guys, but I didn't find anything about this episode. I didn't find anything that I disliked about it. I liked I've it. always enjoyed it. Always mm. enjoyed it. I always sit there happy. It's watchable. Yeah, like it's a fun episode. episode. Uh, yeah, I think of seeing what they did in their time off. Yeah, it started. It was it was sort of like you know, uh, you know, because yeah, doesn't feel on our days off. It was quite good. Yeah, it's like them coming was, back from the weekend. Scene. There was a good scene with Geordie and Data. I was just going to say, yeah, that was quite nice. That's what? where they sort of started. And Riker playing the trombone was hilarious. Just <laughs> trying to be sexy, and that just wasn't sexy. <laughs> <laughs> what I did think was quite funny was, um, shouldn't they have been suspicious of the binars, you know, improving their systems after Kaczynski in where no man has gone before? They just where no don't learn, do they? They just no. don't learn. No. It made me laugh that Wesley had the bridge. Oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, seriously, he's 12 years old. <laughs> Yeah, I think he's about fifteen in this episode. Oh, yeah, I mean, you do have um, what's his what's his name, incompetent guy on the bridge uh, as well, Commander Quinteros. Yeah, he's on the bridge as well. What is he actually doing? What what does he <laughs> was, do? Wasn't he standing at the engineering console on the bridge? What was that? What what do you look up? <laughs> they're do, they're doing all the work, and you're going to what is he on what? Computer game or what? Or something? Facebook? <laughs> all the rest of the crew, all the rest of the crew are, are enjoying themselves. So maybe he thought he would get in on it as well. But he's meant to be the one that's working. He's <laughs> playing Candy Crush. <laughs> Again, another apologies and reference. But that's I, twice now. <laughs> but, but I love it. Uh, so it's, it's one that I I definitely want to put up. So yeah, any anything left, or should we move over over onto? I want to know uh, what a personal relaxation light is. That sounds quite exciting. Personal relaxation? Sorry, what? Per- per- <laughs> personal relaxation light. Now you've lost me. I, I, lost I know what you mean, well. but I'm not yeah. sure what witty comment I can come back with. <laughs> I'm um, confused. You're not the only one, Phil. <laughs> it's an expensive light bulb. Right. Oh, Okay. okay. It's, because they're all going about what are we going to do while we're off and Picard goes well I'm going to sit with a good book and under my uh, what do, what is it called Sarah? Personal relaxation light with a good book and re- under my personal relaxation light and the writer goes yeah I've never been good at relaxing it's it's that bit so that's what yeah. Sarah's oh, right, getting right. at yeah, yeah, okay. but it's, yeah. a, it's just we've got to come up with something fancy to make it <laughs> yeah. make it sound cool otherwise yeah I'm reading a book so yeah it's just kind of let's make this sound spacey and cool you can just see that's just kind of you've seen the script kind of reads book you know insert technobabble that sort of thing it's that sort of thing it's kind of how can we make the sound more interesting than it actually is yes i know it's that sort of thing but Mm. i say i love it it's one that I, i i immediately want to put up yeah so, are we going on to too short the season? Yes, please. Yeah. Well, that sounded like Phil's um, saying I want to talk about this one. Well, uh, yeah, I, I kind of introduced the last one, but this is another contender for mine because <laughs> it's an ultimate sort of a guy wants everything and will do everything to get it storyline, which I love. Mm. I, I just, yeah, 
and then being brought back down to earth by by Picard and everything else being told he's stupid and I don't know there's a lot to it there's a lot of meanings there's a lot Mm -hmm. of things that make you think and it's it's another one of those stories where you don't want to make the same mistake but given the opportunity to get younger if it worked would you do it if you were say you put yourself in the shoes of 70 and about on death's door would you want to go back to it again I wouldn't ever I got. I got to point out. I must admit, I found this episode to actually be quite disappointing. Quite oh, really? Oh, okay. I found it quite a difficult episode to get through. But mm. I have got a couple of odd bits of trivia that I think you said going. That's quite cool. I didn't know that. Um, Do tell. Karnak played the Klingon at the bar in Trouble with Tribbles. I didn't know that. And I've said this as Jamie and I think Phil as well. The wheelchair that he uses, yeah, costed ten thousand dollars. And was reused in Conspiracy. Ah. So it's a very expensive wheelchair. They had to get some more use out of it. Yeah. So it's like yeah, 5000 a, a, a pot. I didn't like that. How, how did that cost that much money? Pardon? I don't know how they can cost that much money. It seems silly. <laughs> That's you how much... say, get a bit of 4 by 2 and paint it. <laughs> <laughs> it's... Or maybe not. Like for me, I found it had no focus. It was—is it about yeah. revenge or is it about youth? Yeah, that's what I found as well. Like again, again, exactly the same sort of feeling. You know, it, it starts off as one thing and then it goes into another, and it just—you're—you're you're missing the point. It's about both. It's—it's it's about what would you do in the situation where you can get anything how far you can. would you be willing to go? Yeah, but it, yeah, it, it does it in such a way that it just ends up as a big convoluted mess. Mm. No, but would you? Would you? The, would you? Would you give up? Your ability to lie, live to, to to actually get revenge. It, it's how far are you willing to go? I thought that was a really good. I don't know. I might be completely it, wrong. Say, be... No, you're it... right, Phil. It's just I think for, I think for me. I, I apologise sorry, if I'm wrong in saying this, but I think for both of us, it's it didn't come across particularly yeah. clearly. Yeah, thank you, Jamie. That's what I was trying to put across. Yeah, again, it's all down to personal opinion. So it's fine. It's again. Yeah. Yeah, it's, you guess I sort of covered it, Jamie, nicely. Yeah, and but I, what I will say actually for it is, I think that um, it's quite interested in in how Jameson sort of in, interprets the Prime Directive. So, oh well, actually, there's hmm. something quite interesting about that. Was that all to do with a Section Thirty One conspiracy, giving the weapons to both sides, like uh, a private little war? That's the that's the yeah that was the point I was actually gonna I was I was gonna put across. But oh, what you mean like we Starfleet can't be seen to do anything, yeah. so well, let's arm both of them and just let them deal with it themselves. Yeah, well, I mean, what's as he, as as Jameson says? Oh, I gave the same weapons to his rivals. My interpretation of the Prime Directive, you know, let me let them solve their problems with those arms on an equal basis. So in his own way, James is sort of trying to morally justify his actions as more than a result of expe- of expedience. So he tries to outwit the rules to mitigate his damage in his own way, and I think that's a really, really clever sort of fascinating twist on the on how yeah, someone would interpret like the, interpret the prime directive. Yeah. So I got uh, always followed prime directive. <laughs> <laughs> Don't yep. trust Starfleet admirals. Yeah, and like you reoccurring for everything. And <laughs> like you're saying, um, don't hold grudges forever. Forgive and forget. So it covers yeah. it all nicely. It sort of bookmarks everything we've sort of said so far. Yeah, I, I, I think maybe I think what you were saying, Phil, about the whole idea of revenge and aging, maybe 
the fact that it just happens just I don't know, maybe it's just too quickly. Maybe, it'd be yeah, interesting maybe, maybe to maybe see. Maybe it would have been a two parter. Yeah, it would be interesting to see. Uh, like, I think Jameson says at one point, oh, I didn't know that would happen. I thought it would be over in a year. I didn't know it would take four decades. It, I think the episode had a really sort of hook, great hook there in terms of, well, let's actually see how that progression has happened in terms of what he did back then and how it's become now. But I don't know. It just it just didn't come across well enough for me, the and ideas. Can I just ask something? Go Where on. was Dr. Crusher when all this is going on and why didn't she relieve him from duty? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was a bit random, to be fair. Yeah. yeah oh, he's being a mad, random admiral. Go for it. Let yourself go. And it's like, seriously, if Picard done that, you're gone. Yeah, go in your quarters. You're not on duty. I also found his wife to be very one-dimensional. She doesn't really add anything to the episode, I don't think, in any way. Really, at least that's what I found anyway when I watched it. Yeah, I'd agree with you on that one. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's got some. Don't get me wrong. It's got some really good ideas in there, but again, it's as Simon says, they're just not put across for 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 us two particularly well. Yeah, it didn't really work. I don't think as an episode. But you know, for you, Phil, that's fair enough. We're glad you really enjoyed it. It's one I'm going to put forward, but I think it's probably my mentality. I like. No, 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 not at all, Phil. Not at all. Episode, should I say? It's not at all, Phil, because. uh, as Simon, Simon knows, I quite like um, the crime psychological episodes of, of Star Trek. There's, there's, there's several throughout all the series, and, and Simon's not really as keen on those ones as I am. Mm. So it's absolutely fine. You know, I could see, I could see your point. You know, it, it, it is, you know, so how far are you actually willing to go to actually like, do, uh, do, uh, undo the wrongs that you've done and make it right? It's, uh, I've said before, um, the episodes you like, there are faults with them, but you don't see them. The episodes you yeah. don't like, you you see all the faults with them. It's just what order you like them and dislike them. We're, and yeah. everyone also have their own ones. So when I say the faults, the ones that I find faults with are the ones that I'm not keen on. The ones yeah. I find less with are the ones that I like, but you'll find faults with episodes that you don't like. It's Again, it's personal, personal opinion again. But again, yeah. that's what I'm getting at. So that's, yeah, it's... Does that make sense? Because I don't think it does. Yeah, no, I don't yeah, know. No, it totally does. Fine. It does. Totally yeah. fine. So what? What is the next one? What is the next one? Oh, uh, when the bell breaks. Oh, when the bell breaks. I've always quite enjoyed this one. Mm. I, I don't know. Again, I don't know why, but it, <laughs> it's the first time you see a tribble. Yeah. And I'm uh, um, You're both gonna. You're all gonna hate me for this again, but it's Wesley's storyline again. Actually, I quite actually like Wesley in this episode. I think it's quite good in the fact that it, you know, he's learning all different about all the different types of functions of the ship and learning all the different jobs. But in this, he has to be a bit of a leader. So it's seeing how he was sort of doing a command type role. So I, I actually didn't mind it, mind it in this one. And, and there's parallels to the Apple and um, Landry because I can't remember what episode that's from. It's um, also a um, a situation of do you want to find that hidden underwater world? What's what's the Atlantis. parallel to? That's it, Atlantis. Thank they you. they do actually mention that I think in an episode if I remember rightly. Um, and it's quite interesting. You know the power source right at the end. Yeah, that is actually the side. It's like titchy, and they actually did not pull optical illusion to make it look massive. I have point. I have realised though we haven't actually done a summary of it. 
Oh, sorry. Oh, yeah. yeah. That would be a good, <laughs> that'd be a good <laughs> place to start, wouldn't it? <laughs> so, Good morning, Jamie. Yeah. Oh, you want me to do it? I was going to say, okay, I'll, okay, I'll do it. Um, this, <laughs> d- this episode is um, Picard and that they go to a planet uh, that, of the Aldeans um, and they find out that the Aldeans want their children and they try, the Aldeans try and strike a bargain with them, but they end up just taking the children. And so they've got to try and find a way to get them back. I, I found really good messages in this one as well. Yeah, yeah, I did it. Yeah, I mean, um, should we start with like the global warming message? Find cleaner and renewable power source, sources because mm. that's that's all about ozone. So that was quite quite effective at the time. Um, don't be reclusive and self righteous. <laughs> <laughs> Don't use yeah. nuclear power sources, and that's a bit of a. But can you sort of see it from that power source? That's where the problem came from. So I saw oh, yeah, that yeah. from it. Mm-hmm. Uh, quick fixes, quick fix solutions never work. Yep. And there was also kind of an educational one to it. Stay in education. All subjects are needed in order to make you a well-rounded person. Yep, I would agree with that as well. Yeah, and I, I, I think also it's it's the idea of, again, relying too much on technology. It comes out in this. And it just shows how important children are to humans as well, how much we, we value our offspring. Um, mm. And I, I found, um, I, again, this ties really nice into Picard. It's confronting his uncomfortableness with children. And I think, actually, it does it in, in a really good... It's done really well because I like when he says... Um, they're our children, so he, you know, it's as though yeah, I'm actually, you know, I've got a family of children on board this ship. I've got children on board my ship, but they're, 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 uh, you know, they're also mine as well. He's, he's, yeah. he's looking yeah. out for them, despite yeah. that uncomfortableness he has being around them. He looks out for them. Yeah, he's... of course he will. So yeah, so and I think the old dads, I think they're fleshed out really well, and they come across as quite sympathetic actually. At least that's how I looked at them. Anyway, they're quite—you know—I I found myself sympathising with them. You know, what they did was obviously wrong. It's taking the children, but I could understand it. You know, they, it's yeah. that, again, that how far are you willing to go? Yeah, yeah. All these messages are quite similar, aren't they? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no, they're—they're they're really good to have. And, and this is again, like 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 size like says, you know, it's it's an episode I've always quite enjoyed as well. Not sure why, just you know, but. It's, a not, it's, it's always a one I've, I've always sort of go to for season one if I'm just watching them through randomly. So. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> I think we answered that well, didn't we? I think we have done. Yeah. So, Anyone done the next we're one? we're moving on. <laughs> we're moving on now to home soil. I don't think anyone's going to put that forward, are they? I think Simon's saying. Home soil. Well, uh, no, 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 no. I oh, mean, the, the, oh um, when, when the, the bow breaks. breaks, is it? Oh, well, I'm not. Putting... I like it, but no. No. Yeah, no. I do. Like Sorry. <laughs> no, no. Yeah. I, I think that's. A, I think that's a no. Then. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Moving on. Yeah. Right, fine. Yeah. <laughs> moving soil. right along. So, home soil. Who was the episode? Yeah. Bags of mostly water. Yeah, yeah. I like <laughs> the episode. So who who wants to do the synopsis? For I this think one? Sarah's volunteered now. I think. Oh, it's yeah, Sarah's turn? volunteered. Yeah, would you like to? <laughs> I've got to pull my weight. Um, so <laughs> the Enterprise arrives at Belara. Is it? 
a, a terraforming base. Yeah, I think that's right, yeah. Yep. On progress, but soon discovers that an alien intelligence is responsible for murdering one of the terraformers. Murder? And, and soon Murder. commandeers the Enterprise. Mm. Um, I, like, I like this episode. Mando is the guy in charge of the... Uh, Pete, uh, oh god, I can't remember what you call it now. The, the, like the Russians in um, the Roger Moore era of James Bond films. All right. The K- KGB. Yes. That's who he is. Who are you talking about? Who, who are you talking about? Director Mandel. Yeah. Yeah, I, I love the I love the scene where he goes, uh, uh, "I create, I I don't destroy it," and he sounds like he's, 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 <laughs> he does. He sounds like he sounds like he's got a really bad sore throat or something. <laughs> this is the one. This is the one where the the. The um the laser tries to kill data and he outsmarts the laser. Yeah, yes. oh, I like yeah. yeah. See, I like this episode. Yeah, I actually think this is quite a a, a clever one because it, it it seems like it's going to be another episode of the original series type one because it's it's quite reminiscent of the Devil in the Dark. But oh, I think oh that's interesting. I actually had um similar to Operation Annihilate. Oh, there you go. Well, this, this I actually got from um. So one of the critics I was actually looking through, a guy called um, Darren, uh, what's his name? Darren Moon, Darren Mooney, I think it is. He done uh, it's on the movieblog.com, and actually it was quite interesting looking through what he was saying, and, and you know, some of the sort of stuff I was sort of finding that was sort of in conjunction with what he actually said, strangely enough. Um, but I like the I like the notion of the fact that. They, the, the Federation is fallible in the sense that they've gone to this planet and said, it's, oh, actually, no, there's no life form on it. But they've had to, the Enterprise crew has had to sort of redefine what we consider what is a life form. Yeah. And the Federation actually didn't pick up on that when they actually tired the planet. Mm. And it could also be a life form that is a lot more cleverer than, than, mm. the, than yeah. what was what deemed it to not be a life form, which was the interesting thing, I thought. Yeah, and I, I, I'd also actually recommend checking out some of these actual reviews because um, some of them are actually really, really good as well. So this is just a, just Darren Moon is just one example, but yeah, I mean, again, I had the sort of mentality of when I first watched this episode, don't think much of it, but again, watching you, it through do again, you think it's one of those ones don't judge a book by its cover, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, absolutely, and I think I think it's um, actually a really good one. I sort of found parallels to Lonely Among Us as well with the like, you know, the sort of little light being you know similar <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah absolutely yeah you know similar mm. sorts of theories i i didn't get an awful lot for this episode so i'm sort of saying quite quiet i don't want to <laughs> say yes it's, it's or no right. it's not, yeah it's not a bad one it's not a good one it's it, it's it's a nice linking episode there's some character building there's sort of more meanings but you can't really hate it. It's one of those yeah. episodes. It's actually, yeah. it's, a, it's all right. You can't. Yeah. It yeah. And it's also that notion of, um, again, uh, you're still too primitive, too selfish, too whatever. Come back in a century or so. So idea, again, coming out that humans still need to do more. You know, they're still got, they're still, their potential's not been fully achieved yet or fully realised or whatever. There's still more for them to learn. So... But yeah, I, 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 I think it's a good episode. So yeah. Next, next, next. Coming of age. Ooh, 
coming of age. Wesley Sedgwick again. <laughs> I actually like this episode, though. I don't mind. Why you give the synopsis then? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, why not? Yeah, go for it. Okay. <laughs> so we're throwing you right in at the deep end now, aren't we? So Wesley um, takes his academy entrance exams while an inspection team board the Enterprise, um, and it soon it becomes clear that they're investigating the card, mm. which seems a bit kind of a shock. Um, so this is where you first kind of find out that there are problems at Starfleet. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, things aren't to be, people aren't to be trusted. Um, but I thought, whereas it's gone awry in previous episodes, the two storylines quite work well in this one. They were both, they were both given like a good amount of time and you didn't lose one in the other. So you had Wesley doing his thing. Yeah. Going uh, on the ship and they both work well together, I thought. I, I must admit, I personally found the Wesley plot to be quite mundane, a bit boring, to be honest. And I think they should have switched them around because that I felt was so that was the main focus. Whereas the, as you say, the investigation was, I think, more of the secondary plot. And I think they should have switched it. Oh, I see. Yeah. I mean, I quite liked um, Wesley actually showing his good side. It, it didn't come across as, oh, I'm Wesley. Everyone loves yeah, me. He actually, I, I, I thought his that was friendship quite a nice with touch. him was quite good. Yeah, that was quite a nice actual touch. And it did show yeah. that he was quite witty, especially when he was being tested to deal with like that. I can't remember the name of the the race, but the, the if the name of the race, if you say um, sorry, they see as you're an inferior. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think it's actually good in the sense that Wesley he is actually being his age. He's not actually as though he's actually like a officer of the ship. Like he can fly the ship, he can save the crew, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. He's actually being actually at his age. You know, he's 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 still at school. He's still learning type thing. That makes yeah. sense. Well, that's, yeah. that's the whole point of the episode. All, all the mm. plot lines had the learning behind it. Yeah. And I thought it also dealt with the history of the show at, up to this point with the references that Remick was having. Yeah. And the I, way that the uh, crew had developed since the pilot. Yeah, and I quite like the fact that some of the sort of inconsistencies that we sort of pointed out, they Remick actually sort of addresses... And I just thought that was a really, just really ironically clever. But can I just point out a really silly fun fact that, again, Mission Log brought to me. Go on. It's the first time you see the Riker manoeuvre, so Riker getting into a chair in his very unique way. Hmm. Yes. <laughs> it does so, right? I, I, I've always <laughs> said does. this. He's got that sort of swagger. When, when he walks down the corridor, he's got a way of walking as well. I don't know. It's not, I don't know. I can't really explain it, but he's just got a way of just. He's, he's do got the commander a, walk. Yeah, the do, Riker walk. Do you, do you, do you. The swagger. I think the words you're looking Someone for. Someone said that he yeah. hurt his back during filming at some point, and then that's why he leans a lot. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Riker lean. He. I think he injured himself or something. I don't know oh, how true that is. I think. Oh, I think I some, somebody said that to me that that he injured himself at some point in one of the scenes, and. And that's why he sort of seemed to be leaning quite a lot. So whether that's got something to do with it, whether it's even true, I don't know. That's interesting. Um, something I've never heard of. It's probably confusing. whatever that means. So I don't <laughs> no, know. That doesn't, mean, that... that doesn't mean it's not true, though. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> like Simon has been stumped before. He has been stumped before. So I mean, I, I don't mind. I, I, again, I, again, it's, it's an episode that's perfectly watchable. And again, it does, as I said, start the wonderful what would eventually be the episode conspiracy later on mm. yeah. so 
Flames so, so as a plot helpener, sorry. Plot helpener? Yeah, plot helpener, let's say, for, for this, <laughs> an arc. Yeah, and I think I think also the other little bit to that is the uh, Wesley's friend Jake was it? He takes the shuttle, and I, I felt that was that didn't distract at all from the. I didn't think, I didn't think as though it was Philip. It actually fit really well. This parallel between him and Wesley of it did, but really we should have met him earlier or before. Uh, yeah, yeah, but he I, did I, kind I, of come out of nowhere. He did, but I can I can see the sort and he of, didn't make. Wesley actually looked like a cool kid or anything. No. <laughs> it made him look like a bit of a squat. But I, I could see the parallel, sort of Wesley taking responsibility and progressing, whereas Jake was just sort of, you know... I'm running away. Yeah. <laughs> so, it, I, I, you know, overall, I thought the episode was like, was watchable. I didn't think it was brilliant, but, it, yeah. It has, some, it has some good ideas in there as well. Like, a lot of these episodes do. All these episodes do. <laughs> Star Trek, of course. <laughs> yeah, every episode has a point to it. So, are we so, going on to Klingons? We're done, yeah. Oh yes, Heart of Glory. I think this is a big contender for a lot of people. I'm gonna. What about you? Oh, Phil? Really? No. I loved it as learning a bit more about Klingons. That's so what you, I loved about it. it up and a... it was, yeah, I'll definitely put it as a contender. But for me, it was not because I was a typical Klingon episode. But it's actually a really good character development for not only Worf, but it's also, do you go the with the... Uh, sorry? For the Klingons as well, generally. Well, yeah, pop, but no, it's, it's, more, it's more, do you do you go... It's, it's a more of a message thing. It's sort of, do you go with your own kind or do you go with the people who have become your own kind? Mm, yeah. yeah, it's and asking that what, what, to it. what it means to be Klingon and by extension what it means to be human. Mm. Yeah, and, and what it means to be in between. And I'll just like to say, this is also an episode I want to put up as another contender. Because, um, as I said, just absolutely fantastically done. And this is, I think, a, a prime example of, of where Next Gen was, you know, again, another example, like um, where no one has gone before, of where Next Gen was, it was, was going away from the original series. It was establishing its own identity. Yeah. Coming it was becoming its own, itself. Yeah. Yeah, what and happens I think... in it, though? Oh, Yeah. <laughs> We get so into it, we forget about the summary. So so this episode consists of the crew encountering a freighter uh, and there's Klingons on board. And it turns out they're actually renegade Klingons. They're actually running away from Klingon High Council. Um, and Wolf obviously intermixes with them. They try and persuade him to join, join their calls. So it's a case of Wolf uh, being caught between two worlds. He's loyalty to Starfleet and the captain, and obviously his own kind, who he hasn't encountered in, well, years. Is that a good way? And he of... wants to, yeah, yeah. Is that a good There's way, a very good way of doing it? Yeah, or, or yeah definitely. Rubbish here? I like learning a little bit more about <laughs> where Wolf came from. You know, you learn about how he got to be where he is. I liked that. Yeah, I mean, I think, uh, and I, I like the fact that Picard has like complete trust in Wolf. Like he goes, yeah. "Oh yeah, Wolf could handle any problems that come his way," you know, which I thought was really, really, really good as well. Yeah. So it, it, it's just. Uh, Again, just you, you start to understand the Klingons more. As I said, basically, basically what, what you guys have already said, really, you summed it up really well. <laughs> so, and I also quite well, go on, sorry, sorry. It's the first time we meet uh, Vaughn Armstrong. Oh, the first time we meet Vaughn Armstrong. That's right, uh, yeah. I quite like the um, weapon made out of bits of clothing. I've always loved that. That was, yeah, that was, that was nice I did, touch. however, wonder why on earth was Enterprise Security? quite 
TOS-esque. Because they had a room off the, end of, off the side of the corridor. What was that all about? <laughs> and it also deals with um, Klingon honor and the Klingon identity since the uh, Kitama Peace Accords. Yeah, because you you, you'll see for the first time properly that the Federation is allied with the Klingons, not against them. So I think it's a, I think uh, it's, it's it's a terrific episode for all those reasons. And it deals with uh, Stovacor with them performing the Klingon death ritual. And it and. Um, it also it's it's another good example of actually the humans or the crew actually respecting the culture as well. Mm. They yeah. respect the culture, Klingon culture as well. It's a... And it's the first time we get mentioned as Romulans, which is quite useful for later episodes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So In I must admit, I, I I also quite liked um, the, uh, the the visor thing Geordie had the uh, what do you call it. The multi multi spectral thing. I can't remember. Or what we being able to see through his visor. Yeah, the webcam. I'm sorry to say, I found that a bit of a filler scene. It is a little bit, yeah. But I, I love Picard's reaction. Astonishing, you know. It just him sort of him trying that to. That bring... was nice, but it's kind of hmm, we've got a half an hour plot. How are we going to extend this by another ten minutes? Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> you love that. You love that time, don't you, Sai? 10 minutes it's true though <laughs> not a criticism but in this time it actually is 10 minutes so I couldn't <laughs> you can you can so um, what about you Sarah what is this a contender for you uh, it doesn't stand out for me I did really like it mm. I did really like it but it doesn't I sort of don't remember it as it's standing out to being one of my favourites I have uh, to admit that's fair enough yeah Controversial. Controversial. <laughs> is it possibly because everyone was always saying to you it was a good episode and then you eventually watched it and you felt all kind of anti-climax? Maybe, yeah, maybe. Maybe it's been hyped up a bit too much, yeah. So. I don't know. I mean, I was doing my... I got. I started, when I did the little marathon, I watched eight episodes <laughs> in a row. Oh, my God. Um, I know, it was like all day. That's impressive. Um, I've been for a long portion of that. Yeah, I finished, I started at Coming of Age and I finished at the Neutral Zone. Um, so I think possibly they all started to blur into one at this point and maybe I do need to watch them again <laughs> and separate them out. Um, and maybe not live tweeting during them. No, I do get a little bit distracted, I think. Um, and I think sometimes I miss, perhaps I miss, you know, I miss the hidden minions because I'm, you know, replying to somebody or I'm, I'm trying to find an image of something. So I do think I need to go back and watch them again without live tweeting. I think sometimes I, I love live tweeting because people, you know, bring something else to it and I enjoy it. But I think sometimes I miss, I miss the point. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, Heart of Boys is a great episode. <laughs> awesome of freedom. This is another contender for me. And you uh, explain it, Sai. And me as well. Done one for a little while. <laughs> Thank you, Phil. Um, <laughs> Riker, Data, and Tasha beam down to the planet Minos, only to discover a deadly robot weapon is hunting them down. Beam me down to assist Picard for some reason, and Crusher may be the only <laughs> hope for the doomed waiting. That ended well. And I love, yeah. I love, I love the whole solution, solution to it down the planet. Yeah, just turn it off. It's a computer, isn't it? <laughs> That's what Beverly says, though. She's right, though. <laughs> but it, 
this is a, a great episode. For just there's a load of there's loads of stuff going on in this episode, isn't there? Si? Geordie in command. Yeah. Um, um, oh, is this one where Picard said he has to put the ship back together again? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I love that episode. I love that. Um, I love that line. There is an <laughs> element. Like this, you put it back. <laughs> There's what though? There is yeah. an element of this that is used in a finale. That's all I'm going to say. If you if you know what if you watched all of it, you understand. But you guys, you haven't got that yet, so you've got that to look forward to. Um, Riker. Confused now. Huh? Especially confused now, but hey. But well, you are. <laughs> What do you mean by that? But yeah, carry on. Uh, Riker was offered Drake. Yeah, you get. Oh some, yes, you, you get some yeah, really good. The um, mm. to finally become a commander, and then he didn't take it. You get some really good character development with Riker, Beverly as well. Get some good. Um, and actually, Tash is actually quite competent as a secu- as a security chief. Well, actually, on that point, I was actually going to say that Captain Rice at least sounded competent for once. Actually, someone that didn't. Work on the Enterprise actually sounded competent. Yeah, yeah, coming onto it. Mm. Um, and I also found that there's an interesting backstory to the design origins of the Papa Six Hundred Seven. Do you yeah. either of you know about that? No. In in Well, Dan Curry, they were struggling about it. And nothing really worked for the jungle environment, so it was around Easter, and his son or daughter, I can't remember who got a plastic easter egg and they used other old bits and stuck it together and that formed the basis of it and he had to wear uh, green screen stuff so that they could use like it was on the end of a stick so that they could actually get special effects for this episode Yeah, yeah and I think actually um, uh, the, the action scenes sequences within were done really well too actually it's just an episode where everything just worked. It just I, clicked. Yeah. I did find... I like the... I like sorry, the Sarah. Crusher, sorry, the Crusher and Picard bit when they were stuck down the hole. You know, I kind of quite like that that scene. Yeah, um, Sarah, do you remember yes. when we were live tweeting where we were talking about the uh, holographic salesman? Yes. Who the guy, guy is? Do you remember what we came up with? Who, who he is? Oh, no. Because I've uh, got a bit of it down, but I don't know who that's his name. Because he's the guy from Tomorrow Never Dies. Oh, uh, Doctor Kaufman. Yeah, that guy, but I don't know that. Uh, right. The actor's name. Uh, okay, hang on. Let's have a look. But it's something you were talking about when you were live tweeting it all, and you also came up with a different role he's played, and I didn't know it, so I, I don't remember it. Really. That doesn't sound like me at all. <laughs> I'm quite sure it's that one. Yeah, no, you could be right. Oh, yeah, you said he's in Tomorrow Never Dies, James Bond. So and then someone that? else said they're also in this one. And you went, oh, um, yeah, he's in that one. His name is Vincent Schiavelli. Skyvelli. Right. That's the actor's name. I don't think I'm pronouncing his surname right at all, but I'm right. just I'm just on the Internet Movie Database. I've just looked up Tomorrow Never Dies. That's the actor's name. And you said you certainly meant something else. But we can't remember what it is, so we'll forget. Okay. Yeah. Um, well, he's done quite a lot here. I go through. The, he's been in Buffy the Vampire Slayer. That sounds familiar. Yeah. Was he in the X Files? Is it that guy? Could be. 
Um, I'm just having a look. At I need to find a picture of this guy. Yes, yes, he was in the X Files as well. He played someone called Lanny. Yes, 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 yes. I know who you are. Yes, I know where you are now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I'm yeah, not going mad then. Really familiar. That's it. There you go. It's yes. movie database. Brilliant for anything. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> no, I did know him from the X Files. That's right. But it's just a good all-round episode that actually fills people out a bit. And again, we get another random engineer causing havoc again. <laughs> oh, God, I just wanted to punch him in the face. Seriously. Why did he always feel the need to give out his full name? And the other thing I, f- I found was he, he, he says to Geordie, oh, yeah, I think he says, oh, yeah, we've got to, li- we've got to leave. You should leave. And then when, when Geordie does it, he still complains. Yeah. Oh, this is the Logan, that Logan guy. Yeah. That's right, yeah. Oh, yeah. Just to... It's all coming back to me now. I just wanted to punch And Deanna <laughs> wasn't actually much help because at that point he was still doing what? She was trying to say, you should be doing this. Is that, yeah, well, yeah, he, he is. He's been doing it the moment he got in command. Deanna had a lot of those moments. Yeah, let's state the bleeding obvious. <laughs> <laughs> it's almost like Galaxy Quest where all, all one character does is just repeat the computer yeah. <laughs> so I think so who's actually going to put this forward because I know I have I am as well mm, I'm not I'm not no I'm not okay so yeah I think overall it's a great episode I'd say two of us are two of us aren't but I think we're, it's very positive mm. yeah should we go on to symbiosis and uh, let's don't do drugs? Yeah. Oh, yeah. This episode. No, I don't remember too much about this, so someone else is going to have to go on about it. Sarah? Oh, okay. Jamie? <laughs> or someone? Uh, I, I don't particularly want to, but... Well, <laughs> I, I can if you like. I'll, I'll take the pressure off Sarah. Go on, then, Jamie. Go on. This, this episode um, <clears throat> deals with um, the... Onarans and the Breckians, uh, two different uh, species, and they're they're fighting over a, a, a Felicium, which is a medicine, and Picard's got to sort of try and negotiate drug, a dispute. Drug, Jamie, yeah, no, it's a medicine. Oh, this is the one where yeah. they only sold the drug to them as yeah. a means to, yeah, okay, it, it, it's yeah. viewed as a. I'll put this in speech box, a medicine when it's actually just a drug because they're just yeah. So they to thought it. they needed it, but they didn't actually need it, and the only reason they were giving it to them was because they were effectively drug drug lords. This is a really clever little episode. I think with an example of the prime directive being explored really well yeah. and clearly. I was going to bring that up at some point and say Picard being very clever with the solution to it. I like this episode. And it's, uh, I'm going to jump the crew queue and say, episode produced after Skin of Evil, making it Denise Crosby's last episode. And yep. at uh, 40 minutes, 29 seconds is when you can actually see exactly. uh, waving. I, I spent a bit of time working that out because I thought. <laughs> but, and um, Dan Housen actually got a really good um, picture of that. And he shared that on Twitter. So I want to give him I a bit of a shout would. out so good at these things i'm like get me a picture <laughs> but i did see it i did see it um what else oh and that was funny i found that really hilarious picard ordering geordie to intercept the freighter at warp two of the star system which is something you should never do <laughs> well I, I just love the whole beginning of that when when uh they're, they're trying to help them and they just haven't got they, they haven't got a clue about anything and just because evident just 
uh, frustration and sort of what on earth is wrong with these people? <laughs> did you did any of you three recognise where that freighter was from? No, uh, I don't think so. Because it's being re it's reuse. No, no. no. It's in Lightning. You'll go. Oh my god! How did I miss that? It's actually a reuse from Heart of Glory. Oh my god! How did I not notice? That? <laughs> Is it? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay then. But it, yeah, it's it's a really good episode, and I, I quite like the sort of idea that the whole sort of society of the Breckens and the Nines is based on one product or trade, which I thought it's, was was quite interesting. Well, it's, as I said earlier, it, this is the episode we don't judge a book by its covers; it's perceptions. Mm. Get to know someone before you judge them. Yeah, because half the episodes, one kind of episode, and then you actually get into the heart of the other half of the episode, and you get into the real meat of the topic. Yeah, and I think I think actually it, the actual reveal of actually oh yeah they're actually addicted to it when you first watch it, I actually found it's done quite well. I mean, it might I I didn't think it was actually that obvious. And that seems a bit strange saying that, but when I first watched it, I didn't think it was actually that obvious. Yeah, no, I I agree with you. We crushed the news straight away. Yeah, she did. Yeah. <laughs> well, at least it was her. At least it was the mother this time, and not the son. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. But, yeah. I. I just. It's good. It's just a nice, well done episode. And, yeah. And so think... it's. It's a. We've had the don't drink, and we've had the don't have, don't do drugs. Drugs. <laughs> yeah. But it's also because filling out. Why... <laughs> Looking after the children for next generation. Think of the children. <laughs> think of the children. I like this episode. I. I did like this episode. And I think because just spells out what exactly the why the prime directive is a good thing as well which just makes it so much clearer where some of the other episodes is sort of a bit you know not quite sure what what, what it's putting across here i think this episode just explains it just yeah this is actually what it is and why we follow it mm. so but for me it's it's not enough it, it's it's an okay episode it's it's a nice Looking at the, the the ideas in between two two races and stuff like uh, that is a nice interlink, but how many have you put it's up, all Phil? right. You know, so <laughs> this isn't for me. I said this isn't for me. I said this isn't for me. I've only put up uh, two so far. Two uh, and Heart, no and Heart of Glory. Oh, that was two. Oh, so it's two. No, so three. Far. No, what was, what there's two the short season. The big. Oh, big uh, The big goodbye and big um, Heart of Glory. Big goodbye. <laughs> so next one is Skin of Evil. Don't like this episode. And I think stupid death. If she, if she was going to die, die properly, not just. Um, I was just going to say, sorry, this really res- this is the episode that really resonates with yeah. you, doesn't it? Yeah. So I've got actually a bit of problem with you saying that. I know, I, I know, I know you would say, but I've said this before. No, but I say events. if you ever listen to what, I, what I'm going to say, you'll actually go, hmm, actually, that's, that makes sense. Um, messages say messages meanings I've got loads of them but I say it's so if I get a bit struggled through this you'll know why Um, it's all about morality so how life how fragile life is and how it can be taken away in an instant Mm -hmm. Uh, remember the person for who they were not for how they died yeah travel life in all its forms animal and animal animal and human yeah, mm-hmm. and the morals spend as much time as you can with the people you love and care about as it may be your last 
dealing with death is part of being human. Treat people the way you want to be treated. It also deals with corporal capital punishment. Don't go down to a criminal's murderer's level by killing them by corporal punishment. As if you do, you're no better than them. Mm. Yeah, because Armas, yeah, just literally kills Tasha <laughs> like that. And it's like, well, you know, so, you know, they rescued Jenna, they just leave Armas on the planet. They could have done any number of things. Can, can somebody just explain to me? I still don't quite understand where he comes from. Like, I know it, I understand it's like it's all the bad things, it's all the bad side of the species, but. I don't understand where he's come from. It's never really explained, I don't think. I mean, at least... But how does form this big black goo? I don't it's, understand. It's <laughs> a good mystery, as I've sort of put to Jamie, because it's... Mm. Uh, you, the thing is, you want to know what it is, but if you found out the answers, it would actually degrade the mystery of it all. Oh, I see. Okay. So yeah. it's actually kind of quite an interesting kind of thing of, hmm, I, I want, you know, it makes you go, oh, what I wonder. So what's That's... the explanation they give in, in the in the program? Just what what do they say about where he's come from? I know there's like a there's a speech or something he says or I they think, say. I think he said he, oh yeah, he was created by someone, then they left him behind or something. Yeah. Along those lines. It was like all the bad bits. They took out all the bad bits of say humanity. They took out all the bad bits. And, and it left them behind. Black glue and just left it behind. It's like throwing away the problem. Yeah. It's a bit of an odd one. I, I, admit, I find it a little bit difficult to get my head around it. I don't. I think I don't mind the episode. I mean, it's a basic just plot. Is they go to this planet because Deanna and uh, Deanna's come back from somewhere and she's crashed. Don't forget so, Ben. Ben, oh the pilot. Oh yeah, poor Ben. <laughs> does he, does he, quick question: Does he actually live or doesn't he? I think so. No, he's di- he died, didn't he? No, I think. Um, I think, think Picard goes. Oh, he's still still alive, and they beam them both up. Yeah, but you just oh. going, why? Are they, why is everyone calling him calling him Ben? It's like why is everyone Poor so ben. familiar with him? I was going to say, I, you know, I wasn't. So I wasn't. You I had know. no idea. I had no idea. I just thought I just ran a pilot. It turns up, you know. <laughs> and but, I found it quite interesting as well. It's like at one point, you know, when they kind of when Riker's enveloped and they've run run over. I found it funny that I think Geordie actually drops his phaser into Armus. Yeah. <laughs> <Is that> what? <laughs> but uh, I must admit, I, I found Armas to be very creepy. And, yeah, I've got to be honest. And, but it's yeah. quite clever because I think Armas caused Shuttle 13 to crash on the planet so that he could bargain escape from it. Yeah, and I don't think it's actually the fact that it's the number 13 is a coincidence either. Unlucky for some. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I do feel a little bit sorry for him at the end. I know he killed Hashar, but. You kind of think, oh, you've just left him behind again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's I, a bit sad. He just needs a girlfriend, really. And I must admit, I do enjoy that. Or a last... mother. Oh, <laughs> I do enjoy that last scene on the holodeck, though, where where they're all gathering mad and Tasha's saying goodbyes. That is a nice that scene. Mm. I was fine. Um, I handled it really well. No but, tissues were needed. But Denise Crosby did say that it was a joint one for her and the character. Which is why it's so personal because it's like she was actually saying goodbye to the actors, so it's yeah. like like Jonathan Frakes made her laugh, so that's why it's kind of oh you made me laugh, and that sort of thing. Yeah, mm. it's, yeah. I, I say I had a very unique viewpoint on this episode. It was very I know you did. strange. I just, 
it was ruined by the way she died. And no, but I've I say always said that. I've always said that. It's the frailty of life, though. It's like, it's like you never know when you might lose someone. Yeah, and that's, and, that's, yeah. that's the whole mm. point of it. You know, you don't know. It's unexpected. Mm. Yeah. And the fact it's actually brought up later in um, in yesterday's Enterprise, isn't it? So, with the fact, oh yeah, by the way, this is, actually was pointless. Me dying, I, I said like I, I just died a pointless death in that other timeline. I didn't like. The yeah, they they, they made they made it right, but it was just sort of. It, I loved the episode for the ending. I thought it was almost like a tearjerker with with uh, data, but it just for me it was always it, it just left a sour taste in the mouth. I, I thought again, this is again. I think this is a, a really good episode. It actually was. It was quite good in the fact that it, it was looking at the darker aspects of ourselves, and just uh, you know, and does that make sense? I think so. I was yeah. going to say, you know, you kind of left a sour taste in Phil's mouth. It left a sour taste in Jonathan Frakes' mouth because he had the <laughs> lion um, printer toner ink. <laughs> I was just going to say, yeah, yeah. I like that. I like that this one's again like revisiting a measure of a man as well. It comes back to it, which is quite nice. Phil, I find it interesting that it, you you've put up um, two short season when that deals with life and death, but you're not putting this one up because it deals with effectively the same sort of stuff. It, it does, but for me, it's because the the episode is really good. But my reason behind it is is because it's ruined by Natasha's death. The way she died. The way she died. I can understand that. that. That's, that's fair it. That's it. It's the only reason. Apart from that, I was really, really loved the episode. I but I'm not admit, putting it I up did, because of that. I did find it a bit. When it happened, it was all a bit. It all happened so quickly, and it was just kind of like brushed over until the end bit where they go on to the holodeck. It was almost like. It. It was a, just. A, it was just a bit sort of. I don't know. I think it's a, well, a bit cold. A bit. It was a, you know, it was a bit, a bit cold. Yeah, it was like, oh, you know, she's she's sort of dead. You know, we're we're moving on, and it was just a bit. But th- then they made up for it at the end. But I, I do th- remember thinking it didn't play out the way I thought it was going to play mm. out. I don't I know. Why. Should have been more to it than just. Bleh. Yeah, the, the thing is, the issue was what Picard was trying to say is, yes, we we need to, but we have still got two crew, crew members missing. We need yeah. to get them first before say, yeah. we can actually. Yeah, go through the grieving process. Yeah, yeah it's so you don't have to grieve three times. Yeah, because yeah, it's like oh, we we could actually lose three people instead of one if we don't actually sort this out. Then we can actually get on with. Yeah. However many funerals you've got to do. Yeah. yeah true. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's an interesting one. I say it really, really fit, really odd episode for me. But yeah. Uh, yeah, but at least we'll always have Paris. Ah, oh. interesting episode. <laughs> I like this episode. So Casablanca more... in space. Mm. It's more Picard learning, isn't it? What's it about, Sarah? Oh, um, <laughs> the Enterprise <laughs> sets out to investigate strange time distortions rippling through their sector of space. The Manheim Meanwhile... effect. <laughs> Meanwhile, Picard faces an uncomfortable personal situation when he is reunited with an old flame. Wearing not a very appropriate dress for her age. No, <laughs> very scantily clad. 
scantily clad. This is where you're going to accuse probably me and us of being, oh, there we go, typical. It had to come up at some point. I found that the, um, one of the holographic girls was quite cute, the one in the pink dress thing. <laughs> I can't remember. And there's silence. <laughs> silence is golden. No, I, I know what you mean. Sorry, she was. She was. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, 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 overall, <laughs> this episode for me, I, I just found kind of meh for me. Bit confusing. It was a bit confusing. The whole time thing was interesting, but I don't know. I just found it a bit. I, di- I didn't think this sort of the time travel plot and Picard sort of old. Flag, I don't think they really meshed together very well. It felt as though they were two different episodes. Even though they were... I found the interesting, interesting time travel, but I had problems with it being too much fantasy with the other dimension. Yeah, it was a little bit sort of really, really. I, I, I thought I was watching StarCraft or something like that. I did like, I did like the idea of, of doing the uh, different stuff on the same time continuum. Like, so you got uh, Picard, Riker, and Data just outside the turbo lift, and then the ones inside the turbo lift. That was a clever scene, that one. I it was. That was clever, yeah. At the end as well, when he's got to, he's got to put the thing in the time rift, and there's the three different datas, and and he's trying to work out which data is the right data. Yeah, in the yeah. Timeline. I loved it... that bit. I thought that was really good. He's like, no, I think it's me. Did you find that that confused you as well? Because you were so sure it was that one, but it actually was another one. Yeah. Yeah, you kind of think it's the one that's up the front, and it wasn't. It was just like it, I, I, I liked that bit. I thought that bit was really good. It's it's essentially just plugging a hole, isn't it? Literally, yeah. Just yeah. just put the just put the just yeah, we'll just just bit of bit of this bit of that. Oh, that'll sort it out. <laughs> yeah, I found that the message in it was um, make the most of now. Don't you only live once? It's yeah. like well, yeah. the quote that I've nabbed from in a light is seize the time, Mirable. Live now, make now always the most precious, precious time. Now will never come again. Yeah, and I must admit, it, it, it ties in quite nicely, actually, uh, with Picard sort of looking back and, uh, at his past. And and sometimes in order to move forward, you've actually got to look back. Mm. I also you know. found it art back to where no one has gone before with Dr. Mannheim's time gravity theory. As again, that goes back to everything together. And again, the moral again reappears is forgive and forget. Again, don't hold hold a grudge. Yeah. Yeah. And um, did you know Chief Herbert? I don't think he's going to have a job that much longer. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> so I've done quite a bit of research just finding out odd names. That hmm, that's, I didn't know that before. <laughs> I think I actually had to rewind it and kind of so like, what what is that name again? And it's also the first time you see Picard Fenton, but not the last time. Yeah, and I think that's actually a redress of the cargo bay come shuttle bay. Mm. I think. I think you're right actually. I seem to recognise that. Yeah, so I mean overall I think it's 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 okay an episode to watch, but But everyone had something to do in it, which was quite nice. Yes. Yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah absolutely, yeah. And did anyone else make the... Did everyone think that the holographic girls could be a representation of what happened 
to Janice when Picard didn't meet her at the cafe. Yeah, yeah, I think that's what it was actually making a point of. Yeah. Well, wait, Phil, Sarah. I didn't pick you up on that. Me, if I'm very honest, <laughs> no, I'm a bit like what? You know when <laughs> Troy goes, go back and deal with it, and he he um, goes into holodeck and there's a couple of girls assisting there, and it's like, oh, he's not coming. Oh, wait a bit longer. Is that a representation of what um, Janice did when Picard didn't do it? Did when Picard did show up at the cafe? Oh, I know what you mean. Yeah, I thought that. Oh, I see. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, we got really, there. In the end. <laughs> not really. If I'm honest, I wasn't. I didn't really feel that. Yeah. No, I thought that that was possibly her. It, it, I think this episode. I think is just. Quite... In that case, she was a bit of a looker then. <laughs> I, I, I've always found with this episode I find it a bit more forgettable and I think that's partly also down to the fact that where it is actually put right, right near the end of the season I don't think that, that helps it I think it was kind of I don't know whether it was done on purpose but it was kind of a nice easy little episode mm. before you know the heavy stuff happened you know mm. <laughs> nice move sir move of a desperate man <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So has anyone, anyone got anything else to say about that episode? No, I think no. I'm Unless there's okay. a conspiracy in the room. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely link. Yeah. So this is a, this is a very good episode, but the ending's a bit sort of... Oh, my God. What the hell? Where's that come from? <laughs> uh, <laughs> let me just, I'll just explain it. This is the episode where um, all of Starfleet command has actually been infected by weird alien worm things that attach themselves to the nervous system that if you pull them out you kill the the, the person that they've attached. I didn't get that I thought they lived on and the, the thing died that's what I thought. No they died that's why that's why Picard didn't want to get caught or didn't oh right and no because if you remember um Quinn survived. Oh did he? Oh yeah he survived yeah that's oh, the thing that's the gist I got from it Okay, well, rewind then. There's parasitic things that go into the neck, and you can take them out by surviving. Um, and you have to set your phaser to kill. And there's a character that comes up again that we've seen before, who was the one that was in um, was um, Remick. Yeah. Remick, yeah. Remick, he actually yeah. ended up being a being, and we, we wonder. I wonder whether he was always a being, and he was he was. Yeah, um, I wondered called, that. He was causing all the problems in Starfleet in the first place. I wonder. Who knows? That. Again, that's a good mystery that I that you always come across. Um, it's, it's, I, I think... found it. It's like an unsubtle in the invasion of the body snatchers. It's like the yeah. least mm-hmm. least subtle version of it. And I think also it's a very dark and daring episode. I think has echoes of what Dare Storm would actually be like. And did that well. chair look familiar? It did. It did look familiar. <laughs> The one we're mixing it in, yeah. And um, I just think... Oh, I've just lost my train of thought. <laughs> <laughs> just lost my train of thought now. That's all right. Um, it's dog, uh, oh, and um, also, so it's, this, it's this idea that the Federation, you know, it can be infiltrated. I mean, it's a blimmin' scary thought. Yeah, but infiltrated by such a small being. That's how it's got infiltrated, isn't it? Well, the, the interesting thing is, and I think someone might know this because I might have mentioned it, they actually... 
in the books, uh, specifically the Deep Space Nine books, after the series is finished, they actually come up again, these beings, and they actually have a um, a relationship with the true symbionts. Um, they, they also come up in um, Star Trek Online. Yeah, of course. Well, yeah, you, you and Phil would know that. I wouldn't because I don't really play <laughs> Star Trek Online. So I don't feel bad for not knowing that. <laughs> and, I don't know that. <laughs> and did the uh, Starfleet headquarters, uh, I've called it, dining room doors look familiar? <laughs> yeah, they look like the ones from... Um, they're exactly the same ones from 10 Forward and Odd when you see that. later on. Odd that. Well, maybe, maybe they just really liked the design and they wanted to use it for Starfleet headquarters. I don't know. And actually, they reused this, um, the map painting for Steph Love Starfleet headquarters from the TOS films. Mm-hmm. You know the you know the external shot. You got people wandering around. That's actually again that's a reuse. Mm. I didn't know that. But isn't it again? Doesn't this go back to the power corrupts? Absolutely. Yeah. Message again. Mm. Of kind uh, of Starfleet and also the alien parasite things. Uh, I just I love the parallel. Ali goes, "Oh yeah, we wish to we wish to we seek powerful, we seek peaceful coexistence." And Riker, uh, because they, yeah, that's not how we see it. It's more I love the way that face, kill them. Yeah, <laughs> but I love but, the way that Riker fooled um, Picard, and you saw it in Picard's face that he really thought Riker had been taken over. Yeah, but and you then know Riker what? was eating those worms. Yeah. <laughs> No, but he didn't feel the signal was he was he was gathering them up like that. That was the signal. He wasn't going to eat them. That was the signal. It was in actually this is just a ploy. Mm. That's how Picard knew. But I think I think this episode it was a really good one. I think for forty five minutes he did a great job. But I think it would have benefited from being a story arc. I, know I was, it was... Quite surprised that it wasn't with the ending when they sent their home in Beacon or something. Yeah. I was quite surprised that they never re. We just, it, it was really good up until that like last sort of five to ten minutes with the amazing 80s special effects. I mean, I, I know it started obviously from coming of age and obviously it's concluding here, but I just, I felt that, that more could have been done with it. But yeah. something I have said to Phil and Jamie before, you're putting modern television techniques on yeah. an 80s programme. Yes, yeah. That's the yeah. thing, they wouldn't have done it. So it's very difficult to say, oh, do a story out. They didn't use story outs back then. It was episodic. Oh no, no, I'm not saying. I'm not saying um, that that's a criticism. I'm saying it would be nice if if it had happened. That's oh yeah, just... yeah, fair. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know why, but I just thought because it was the penultimate episode, I should have been the last episode. Two, I thought I, could, I thought it was going to be like a two part thing. They should so have I made was that the last episode. to go into the, the neutral zone, mm. following on from that, and it wasn't, and it threw me a little bit. I, I, you know. I kind of felt with that being set up earlier on in, what did we say, coming of age? Yeah. That that, that was going to be the finale. I guess you're right. I'm thinking of it, how, how TV shows work nowadays. But I was quite surprised that, you know, it, A, it wasn't the final episode, and B, it didn't carry on in the yeah. neutral zone. I, I kind of just thought that that's what it was going to be about. I was like, quite surprised. Conspiracy should have been the finale. They should have switched yeah. it around. That's what they were building towards. I not I, for me. Anyway. Not for me. I, I again. I, Jane will really know this, but I stick by Neutral Zone being the last one. I love Neutral Zone. Mm, yeah, yeah, that's the thing. You are either a conspiracy person or you're a Neutral Zone person. That's all I've always found. Oh no, I think I'm a Neutral Zone person then. 
<laughs> well, I like neutral, both episodes. Zone for me, I like both episodes really. So, <laughs> Neutral Zone for me makes you want to watch the the the. I literally finished Neutral Zone and, and got my undid my box that hadn't been tri- unshrink wrapped, and watched the next episode of uh, watched the season two straight away. What the child? Because I wanted to see what was going on. See, I wanted to, but I've just done eight episodes in a row. <laughs> It just left you wanting more. It left you wanting... What's this? What's this? What's this? What's going on? What's going on? So this is the last episode that we're reviewing, isn't it? The last one of the season. Season one. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So who wants to do the final one for this one? I think we should let our guests do it. Well, me again. (laughs) Okay. So in the neutral zone, Data uncovers three frozen humans from the 20th century and brings them back to the Enterprise for Dr. Crusher to revive... Meanwhile, the Enterprise is ordered to investigate a new Romulan threat. There's I love... a lot going on in this one. Yeah. Sorry, Jamie. Yeah. I, yeah. Say, I love the three humans they bring on board. I've funny. I, after thinking it through for the episode, I found that they were very stereotypical. Because in it... Yeah, they had to be. They had to be because they were supposed true. to be from the era. To, to, yeah, I know. To make them relatable. Because it's like you've got country and western musician working class you've got the homemaker middle class and you've got the bank of the upper class yeah, yeah. And, i just uh, thought a bit like that before and actually and, yeah oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. no jamie i've interrupted you already uh, i was just gonna say it, it's in a way it's a shame because again it goes back to the notion of yeah these humans did the crew treat the, the humans as just they don't respect them i know they're they're from an era of their past but it's the case of you can't just generalise all humans by just yeah, these three again, people. Yeah, it's, again, don't judge a book by its um, cover against perceptions because the Enterprise crew have got perceptions about the cryo people, they've got perceptions about the Romulans, and it all comes out and they all go, well, this is going to happen, that's going to happen. Oh, actually, it's not happening. Oh, oh dear. So they actually <laughs> learn from... They, you know, the Enterprise crew learn from the cryo people and the cryo people learn from the Enterprise crew, so it's quite nice. So it it's got me nice. thinking... You um you can teach old dogs new tricks in terms of the quarry people, and it's kind of you, the audience, are the future. <laughs> I do love the way that they uh, the guy the banker was able to um, use actually help yeah to, actually help yeah, them out use, yeah use modern uh, using selling techniques or sales techniques or you know old school to actually see the past the perception that people were just bluffing you know because it's like the first inkling of the borg because you've got outposts being destroyed on both sides which then gets linked into q who um so as i say it's a great episode with a great fish out water subplot which added a fun element to a somewhat serious plot with the borg and romulans yeah and a little bit of trivia the claire raymond family is made up of names associated with the production of the show yeah, I, I quite liked um, the fact that her story sort of has a bit of a, um, a sort of resolve because you don't really know what the other two are going to do. Whereas her, she finds that she's actually got family on Earth, so that's the starting point for her. Whereas the other two, you don't really know what they're going to do. But I like that actually. It was oh, a nice yeah. touch. And I, I love what I love what Sunny D. Clement says. Um, was it? It's, a, it's a, everything in this century. Well, as 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 I'm back from then, everything's new again. It's the same tune, but just a, uh, no, was it? Um, it's the same song, just a different tune. I think something yeah. along those lines. And I've got a weird question as ever. <laughs> Why were the cryo people naked in their tube things? <laughs> what was that all about? 
Oh, sorry. Dirty mind, haven't you? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I must well, be honest, I No, it's because, why, why, yeah, that's the cryogenics. A, people have always been naked. B, clothes might freeze the bodies. That's not a good idea. S- sorry, Phil. Uh, just a quick question. When, ha- when have people been frozen before? Ah, <laughs> uh, good point. And I was, what, <laughs> so when's it kind of, yeah. I'm going to yeah. cut a knife right through this. I've got to be honest. Like, when I, was I was thinking of Futurama. You're sorry, Jamie. I was just going to say... They weren't kind of, well, I must admit, when I was watching it, I did you think of uh, Austin Powers? Oh, I don't know. Move on, Jamie. <laughs> I was just going to say, I'm going to cut right through this and say, I've got to be honest, like, when I watched the episode, I didn't really take notice of that. That's not a thing I... No, no, it's just something that struck I know. me as I went through. I know, kind of, I know. Again, a bit like the drinking uh, Naked Now. Just kind of, you know, a random thought that occurs when you go, I'll put that down, <laughs> it's just kind of oh, something oh, hilarious to bring up. I was just going to say, what are you thinking, you naughty tit over there? <laughs> You're not saying anything. <laughs> I wasn't actually thinking about the naked people, I have to admit. But um, one, of, one, of, I, one of the bits I really liked, and it yeah. really stood out for me, was um, when Picard um, goes and talks to the really obnoxious frozen passenger that, you know, has to... House. Oh, because yeah. he forces him to... Yeah, the and he says... Um, that a lot has changed in 300 years and that people are no longer obsessed with the accumulation of things. Mm. Um, they've eliminated hunger, want, and the need for possessions. They've grown out of um, their infancy. And to me, that sort of summed up like what Gene, Gene Roddenberry's vision yeah. of the future, that's what he was... Mm. That That's the whole point, right back to sort of the very beginning with Encounter at Far Point. You just see how he... I guess hoped humanity would evolve so that things like, you know, greed and religious conflict aren't part of the issue know, anymore. Our, our history anymore, that we've grown mm-hmm. past that. Um which I think is quite nice. But that, that line just summed it up for me. Yeah, um, absolutely, yeah. But like, you know, that that that's what Star Trek is about, really, mm-hmm. or what what Gene Roddenberry Vision, yeah. was about. Yeah, that was his vision. So that it was really kind of a nice homage to him then. Yeah, yeah, it really stood out for me as being, you know, uh, what I, it's all about. I just love Sammy D. Clements when he goes, um, they're, they're talking about the replicate. He goes, well, you know, let's get let's get the TV on or say, isn't it? He says, this, <laughs> that <drinks> TV. <laughs> me. But it's yeah. funny how they don't know what TV is. It's almost like it's an alien thing to talk Yeah, about. I love I that. I found that quite. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Mm. TV. What's TV? So, what was you going to say, Sir? Si? You're going to say. Um, si? There's a bit of trivia that I know you're absolutely going to love, and you're going to remind me of this quite often. It's the first time a year is mentioned in Star Trek, so it's 2364. Oh, it is. Is it? Um, and there's sort of an offhand reference to the Balance of Terror, Romulan strategy attacking uh, Federation, Federation outposts. Yeah. As that's what True. happens in that episode. And again, I found that everyone gets something to in this episode. Can somebody mm. just explain that bit to me about, like, the whole Romulan bit kind of passed me by a little bit. I well, got a bit lost Balance in it. of Terror, um, yeah. there is a Romulan bird of prey going around uh, destroying uh, Federation outposts, which is sort of which sort of happens in this one. So yeah. I sort of offhand mention it, and if you didn't know it, you. It was like fair enough. That's a fact. But if you knew it, it's kind of oh, that's quite clever. 
Mm. That, that's all. That's all I was trying to say. But it's is just kind there, of. Is there, sorry, back to back to the episode. I just got a little bit lost as to say it was like the the eighth one in a, in a row. Um, <laughs> is there a nod that there's something else out there? So like, it's the, a the, reference to the Borg. Yeah. That's what I. That's what I'm getting at because because when you I, get to lost me a little bit. <laughs> Because when you get to Q Who, I don't want to spoil too much, but yeah. the term comes up, it's as though one big great force has taken off the whole economy. And that's the same words that are all applied in this episode. I see. So, because like we, like, like the Enterprise thinks it's the Romulans, and the Romulans think it's the Enterprise. Yeah. Well, they actually go, really actually. Not. It's too big, so it can't be you. So, we had a bit, a bit of a poke over at your outpost and went. Eh, it's going to be something else then, but we don't know what. Yeah. Uh, help. That's really what happened, but yeah, it's that sort of thing. I see. Okie dokie. So do you think at that point when they made that episode that they had the Borg in mind? Yeah, that's when they started thinking up, because I say it took them a long while to get round to it, but... Because I guess they... that was quite a big... They didn't want to make the same mistake that they made with the Ferengi. Yeah, so they had a long... They had inter- to really... They had a long period to think mm. it through fully. Yeah, before introducing them as the real threat. I mean, I remember, this is like, this is going back a few years, when, is it First Contact? Yeah. Where the Borg are in? Yeah. yeah and I right, remember right. watching that with, with the Trekkie girls, Sam and Carol. <laughs> we used to go around to Carol's, like, most Friday nights. We'd all have a sleepover around Carol's and we'd watch The X-Files or something. And then Sam made us watch First Contact. And I remember being genuinely, <laughs> it's genuinely just, terrified it's, when they it's, were walking through. The, they were walking through. And it was, I think, is, is there like a thing that if you don't, if you don't sort of engage the Borg, they don't know you're there. Mm, that's right. They don't see you as a threat. They're just kind of like and... tiptoeing around these Borg like, don't yeah, that was spooky. One. And I just remember thinking that is really quite scary stuff. Yeah, I, I remember when I first um, watched the <laughs> I was Borg. going to say, it's kind of I was like, what? quite familiar because mm. what was the first films you guys watched with me? First Contact. <laughs> so it was quite funny just kind of you saying it. It was like, um, yeah, that's... <laughs> It's really like the parallel universe to us. <laughs> it is, isn't it? <laughs> it's quite scary. <laughs> so, is, is anyone going to put this up as a, as a I contender? Am. I am. I am. Oh, Phil as well. Yeah. yeah, I think I think I would actually. I think I would put this up. Yeah. I'm the odd one out then. <laughs> oh damn, we don't agree on anything. <laughs> well, don't get me wrong. I do really enjoy the episode, but it's not a, it's not a contender for me. So I say you're a conspiracy guy. That's the thing with it. Yeah, but I didn't put that one up either. So. <laughs> <laughs> my my last one, Arsenal, my last one, Arsenal of Freedom was my last one I was going to put up. So <laughs> I've forgotten which ones I put up now. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was just going to say, should we go through all the ones we sort of put up so we sort of know where we are and the people listening sort of know as well? <laughs> we can vaguely get a rough idea, I hope, because okay, who's starting? I'll start. start. I'll start if you like. Um, okay. So the ones I put up was uh, Encounter at Farpoint, uh, where no one has gone before, uh, Data Law, uh, Heart of Glory, and Arsenal of Freedom. So those are the ones I put up. Uh, and the one I'm going to pick as my most favourite episode is going to be Heart of Glory. And uh, why is that? 
And why is that? Well, thank you. I love it when you do that. Put me on the spot, thank you. Because uh... <laughs> you're going to do that to me when I get to my point. I know that. Yes. Mm-hmm. As you but always do. I think for me, this episode, it's it's the fact that it's not just... Um... <coughs> Sorry. It's not just the fact that the humans, the crew, respect a culture. It's the fact that the way the Klingons, the humans used to view Klingons, obviously from the original series... They're, 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 they're our enemies and we don't understand them and um, Phil and Sarah when you eventually watch Enterprise that'll be the same sort of thing um, we don't know anything about them so actually yeah we're actually now because they're our allies as well we're starting to sort of understand and we're looking at it from that different perspective uh, and it's the fact that you know all these sorts of concepts of uh, of you know honour and and what the what what, how the Klingons function is not seen as negative is actually you actually find the sort of interesting parallels between the Federation and Klingons themselves the idea of sort of being honourable is not just you know sort of do you know what I mean it's not all to do with sort of fighting and dying gloriously there are other ways of actually being of actually gaining honour as well and it's, 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 a, it's a point that comes up particularly with Wolf when you know he's always stuck between these two worlds of actually his loyalty to Starfleet and actually being a Klingon, that comes up so much throughout Next Generation, and even into Deep Space Nine as well. It just leads on to so many other things, and it, I think this episode is just a brilliant foundation for all that stuff to come. And it's a real instance of where Next Generation was finally was starting to yeah find its own feet for me at least. So does that make sense? Yeah, yes, it does. Yeah. Who wants so, to go next? I'll uh, I'll give a crack at it if you like. <laughs> go on, Phil. What's your favourite? I had Neutral Zone, Conspiracy Theory. Oh, no, <laughs> sorry, 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 sorry. Neutral Zone. I did like Conspiracy Theory, but it didn't quite get there. Um, so Neutral Zone, uh, Too Short a Season, and The Big Goodbye was yeah. the main ones that I put down. Um, and Heart of Glory. Heart of Glory, I'm not going to choose. I know you chose it. It was very, very close uh, mm. with the neutral zone for me, only because of the anticipation. And that's uh, kind of... Uh, but all the other reasons, I would have gone it for Wolf. But, yeah, it's got to be the neutral zone for me, for all the reasons that we've we've literally just discussed. That's fair enough. What, mm. about, what about you, Sarah? I, I think, if I'm right, I put up the big goodbye, mm-hmm. data law... And the neutral zone. And no surprises, I'm going to pick the good, big goodbye. <laughs> Ooh, that's Just a good one. For no, for no real big, deeper, meaningful, you know, messages and things like that. I just Doesn't really enjoyed be. it. Yeah, I just really enjoyed it. It was the first episode that I thought, yeah, I can really see me getting into this. I, I just really liked it. The, the humour was starting to come out and they... You know, they were thinking outside the box using the holodeck. Mm. Um, I just, I just really liked it. Data Law is a close second mm. because I love data, and any episode that centers on data, I love. Yeah, um, I'm the same. <laughs> I would, I would pick the Big Goodbye just because it stood out for me at that at that point. That's when my, you know, I sort of fell in love with Star Trek. <laughs> no, that's, that's a good, really good reason, actually. <laughs> what about you, Sai? I was going to say there's no naughty reasons in this era, so I'm quite surprised. No. <laughs> I'm not always a naughty bit, honestly. <laughs> um, well, for me, it's naked now, where no one has gone before. 
It's a nightmare to say. Arsenal Freedom and the Neutral Zone. And as me and Jamie have done this before, I've got a bit of a way of doing it, and Jamie won't be surprised at all. But I've got to second what Phil's gone for because it it has so much of an impact Mm. because you've got Romans returning, first inking of the Borg, and it works so well. I say, as I said at the time, it's got all the serious stuff. It's got a good level of humour in it that makes sense and the plots work quite well together and there's good uh, good 3Ms in there. So it's a good mixture of everything that I I really enjoy. Yeah. I mean, I, I, originally before, my actual favourite, when me and Cy just did this on our own the first time, was actually Arsenal and Freedom, but I've now gone to Heart of Glory. So <laughs> my opinion of my favourite episode has changed. Yeah, yeah not mine. Yeah, not yours. <laughs> not yours, no. But yeah, I, that's we've, it. We... we've somehow done it. Bloody hell! God knows how. how... Is, oh, we might have to do this as a two-parter. This has been like effort. I think people <laughs> might switch off after the first two and a half hours. <laughs> yeah, this is the kind of the longest podcast we've ever done. Maybe put well, in sound bites. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. speaking of sound bites, we'll we'll get you to do a sound bite as well, Sarah. Really? Yep. <laughs> what? What? Don't worry. You'll do it. You'll do it, Zach. But uh, yeah, where can they get hold of you, Sarah? Oh, what? If, me? If the, if the viewers are still around at this point. If anyone is still awake at this point. Congratulations. Yeah. Well done. You you deserve a medal. Um, but you can find me on Twitter. Medal's not available. <laughs> at the original tit. And occasionally you'll find me guest blogging on the Trekkie Girls website, which I think is trekkiegirls.wordpress. Oh, WordPress, yeah. Or something like that. So, um, yeah, check me out. And follow her. Yeah, And follow me on Twitter. If I don't at least get one more follower after this, I'm going to be really disappointed. And if any, any, in likewise, if uh, obviously we'll we'll put things on uh, on her on your Twitter as well, and uh, if any of your people like what we do, uh, yeah, let us know. Let us know. Yeah, brilliant. Yeah, so, a little crossover there. We should definitely do something like as the Trekkie Girls with the Engage podcast though, because it would be like I swear it would be like looking in a mirror. <laughs> you ever get those? Probably episodes, will. Like, uh, the only I was trying to think of something to com- like compare it to, but you know, have you ever watched Alvin and the Chipmunks when you were little? Yeah. And you had the three girl chipmunks. Oh yeah, when it's like, the they were like mirror images of the boys. It would be you like just that. Know that they're going to be they're destined for each other. <laughs> the, was it the chipettes or something? That would just. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah, we should definitely yeah definitely do something. Well, thank yes, you for having me anyway. It's been a pleasure welcome. to have you on here. We'd definitely have you on again. I, love I hope I've yeah. I hope I've said something interesting and meaningful. <laughs> Sorry, your first experience of podcast is a very long podcast. Yeah. <laughs> it's actually dark outside now. <laughs> it is. It's dark in my room. I need to turn on my light. <laughs> I, I did that dark. earlier when I, I quickly slipped away. I, I hopefully none of you noticed when I put my headset down. It made a crack, a bang sound. I thought, oh no, they're going to realise. <laughs> So that's yeah, surprising. that's that's another edition of the Engage podcast. If, uh, Thank you very much. So, I've <laughs> been and, Simon. I've been, and I've been and I've been Phil. And I've been Jamie. It happened again. <laughs> and we've and been joined by. Oh me, Sarah. <laughs> <laughs>
the original tit. <laughs> and make sure you become one of her followers so you you become a tit. Was it titty? Wasn't it? A titty. A titty. Yeah. I'm always looking for more titties. More of all titties. I'm not saying yes. anything. We do love a good titty. Um, <laughs> right. Yeah, it's finally happened. It's finally descended <laughs> into naughtiness. So right. Bye. 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 Thanks, guys. Bye.